All right, we are officially live. Episode number eighty-four with Phil Heath, Adam, and Gerard. So it's been it's been a minute, no? It has yes, been. A minute. It's been a minute. By yeah, the way, you yeah. guys look very friendly right now. Just a minute ago, off camera, you and Gerard were about to fight. Uh, yeah, well, it started with Phil. Mm-hmm. I, I Who was instigating? That's the question. Oh, though. come on! It's always come me. On. Who was always that? Always me. Somehow. I can, somehow I don't see that. Well, I, I just I don't said, see that quality. He's pressing the buttons, right? He's yep. pressing the buttons. I just said, good morning, Philip. And he looked at me like, who the? You think you are? <laughs> well, Address me by my real name, <laughs> Phil. And then Gerard piled on. We waited for you. By the way, I think it's fair to say from the last time we did podcast till mm-hmm. today, a lot's changed. A lot of crazy oh, things. Man. David, can we raise my audio a little bit more if you don't mind? I know you guys want to lower it, but raise it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Vanessa and David are not in a mood today. Everybody's out. It's just them. They're lonely. There you go. Much better. We got a lot of crazy things that happened last week. Yeah. Okay? A lot. A lot of things that happened last week. Uh, last night we're at the, we're in my office. You can come down. Last night we're in my office. We're preparing for the podcast. Thank you, Caroline. Last night we're at the office and uh, uh, we started talking about guns. Mm-hmm. We started talking about God, <laughs> Gerard's favorite topic. Yeah, we started talking about religion. We started talking about history. We started talking. Gerard said it, things kind of feel a little out of whack, mm-hmm. and that led to a great conversation where we were all holding back because we wanted the podcast to podcast, be honest. Yep. <laughs> we said, even though we kept saying, we kept saying, let's keep it for tomorrow. <laughs> 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. later, let's keep it for tomorrow. So uh, we're going to talk uh, about it today. Anyway, so we got a lot of topics. Let me go through a few of them that we have here today. One of them is, uh, is faith uh, at its highest or lowest in America today, including the world? And is the world a better place when a country is ran based on a religion or not? You can debate that. We'll debate that today. Have a good conversation about it. Uh, uh, is gun, is that a good invention? Who did it help the most? We'll talk about that. Adam's very excited about that one. Of course. Elon Musk says universal basic income. We need universal basic income because in the future, physical work will be a choice. You know, this whole robots he's building, he's got some interesting th- things to say about that. Chinese authorities say overtime 996 policy is illegal. Tom Brady disavows uh, today's work ethic, saying it's not how to live a joyful life, says... Seven-time, you know, <laughs> Super Bowl champion in his mid-40s. Joe Rogan confined to Spotify is losing influence. It's an interesting article with some data there. Celebrities disappear from Internet as China moves against fan culture. China limits online video games to three hours a week for young people. Biden admits administration, uh, his administration, may have given the Taliban kill list of Afghans who aided U.S., staggering costs, U.S. military equipment left behind in Afghanistan, special op uh, veterans carry out Secret Pineapple Express mission to rescue 500 Afghans, and Australia created a police state to stop COVID-19. Data shows it's not working. Folks, if you're from Australia, let us know if you're from Australia right now, like you're living in Australia right now. Comment. We'd like to get a caller in from Australia. I know you got somebody else as well. If you get a hold of them, maybe we can do something with it. Let's start off with the equipment. Kai, do you mind pulling up what equipment is left behind in uh, uh, Afghanistan with the Taliban? What is left behind? So... Is this the article, or is there one that shows all the different, uh, you know which one I'm talking about, the image? This one's divided up into two Okay, let's take a look at this. Let's take a look at this. So what are we looking at here? Vehicles and airplanes. Is this, uh, so we got 42,604 Ford Ranger pickup cargo trucks are left behind. 22,000 Humvees, ambulance, cargo, troop, enclosure, gun truck variants left behind. 8,998 medium tactical vehicles. I was a mechanic for those vehicles, by the way. We call them LMTVs or FMTVs. Five-ton cargo and general transport truck. 
1,005 recovery vehicles. I was licensed to do that uh, and operate those. Uh, they're great to drive, by the way. You can run over trees. It's six. So 1,005 of those left behind. 928 MRAP Max Pro Ambulance Combat left behind. 189 armored personal carriers left behind. In other words, tanks. Keep going down. That's 76,000 right there. By the way, l l here's the pricing. Armored personal carriers such as the M113A2 cost 170000 each. The M57782 costs $333,000 each. Mine-resistant vehicles range 412 to 767 each. Total cost would range around $382 million to $711 million. Keep going over to the next category on what we got. Okay, here's the helicopters. 111 helicopters, 60 transport cargo airplanes. We got 20 light attack airplanes. 18 intelligence, uh, reconnaissance, and surveillance airplanes. Go a little lower. That's 208 there. What's the price on those, by the way? Let's look at some of the prices there. $427 million of uh, the Black Hawk helicopters. Each cost $21 million. Okay, each. Keep going lower. I mean, the Taliban won right here if you look at what they got. Keep going lower to the next part. Is there any other equipment? Okay, here we go. Rifles. Three. Oh, my goodness. 358,530 M16s, M4 carbine, AK-47s, and sniper rifles. That's 358,000. There's only 75,000 Taliban, by the way. 358,000, 126,000 pistols, M9s and G19s. You got 64,363 machine guns, 25,327 grenade launchers, 12,692 shotguns, 9,877 rocket-propelled weapons, 2,606 indirect fire weapons. That's 599,000 weapons. Okay, go a little lower, Kai. What's the total number? I saw $85 billion. Oh, we got more stuff here. 16,009 vision goggles, 12, uh, 120 radio monitoring systems, 22 ground. Anyway, so that's another 16,000 equipment. Keep going lower and lower and lower. Is there anything left at the bottom? Anything left that we have at the bottom? The total number was what? $85 billion, give or take? $85 billion of equipment the Taliban got. What do you think about that, Gerard? Well, when you leave behind a uh, billion dollars in military-grade assets, civilians and allies, uh, I think it's pretty bold and audacious to consider it leaving Afghanistan. That, to me, sounds like a retreat. That sounds like submission. That sounds like we retreated from Afghanistan. We left people... But we left our people and our property behind. That doesn't also mention, needs to be shouted out, the, the dogs that we left behind that are being uh, cared for by a civilian who stayed behind, an American civilian who is behind enemy lines right now, and an Afghan ally. And they're both volunteering. Uh, so once again, the private sector picks up where government drops the ball. But um, I, this just gets uglier and uglier and uglier by the day. And as it came out... Um, you know, you did a great uh, interview last week about how th th they're trying to paint this as, first they tried to paint it as we were completely taken by surprise by this. Then uh, General Miley came out uh, er earlier last week and said, well, this was inevitable. We knew it was going to happen. And, and he, you lead by taking the troops first. They don't take their equipment, okay? Uh, and, and, this, and, and not to sidebar too far, but this ISIS-K stuff, it, it drives me out of my mind. This used to just be the Mujahideen. And we supported the Mujahideen when they were anti-Russia and anti-China. Then it became Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. And we had to go in and get them because of Al-Qaeda. But then we became allies with Al-Qaeda in Syria because they were anti-Assad. So we couldn't call them Al-Qaeda anymore. They, they were rebranded as ISIS. 
We rebranded them. And now it's, now it's ISIS-K. So we have both been allies and enemies with the same group for 20 years. And what have we gotten for it? What have the American citizens gotten for it? Nothing. We got nothing out of this. All right, we got pain and suffering for people who, who were willing to risk their lives. And now all I heard, and this is something Republicans messed up 20 years ago. All we heard was we got to protect our freedoms. Got to protect. I am still yet to have somebody explain to me well how we needed to protect our freedoms 6,000 miles from our shores. I don't understand what we were doing there in the first place. And, but since we were there, I don't understand how we could leave like this. I, I, I mean, Sam Harris, to his credit, all right, one of the foremost liberal thinkers in the world tweeted out, I am, he retweeted himself, he tweeted on January 20th after the election, I am overwhelmed with joy uh, to have adults back in the room. And he, to meaning, his- Meaning, elaborate, meaning Biden. Biden, is, yeah. the Biden-Harris uh, troika, all right? And to his credit, he retweets himself publicly eating these words, syllable by syllable. And that, that's where we're at right now. So kudos to you, Sam Harris. Kudos to, to Bill Maher. Kudos to, to the other liberals who refuse to go down with this sinking ship. But uh, as a country, and this is something, you know, the, the more conservative listeners are not going to like. I look at Nikki Haley. I look at Donald Trump Jr., who I find hilarious. And they're piling on to make sure that you know that this is Biden's fault. This is Biden. Dude, we know. I need solutions. Thank you. How are we getting people out of there? What are we doing now that we just gave a billion dollars to people who want to do us harm? Uh, we know who to point the finger at, all right? But when you point a finger at somebody else, there's three pointing back at you, right, Phil? Amen. You one point pointing that way, three <laughs> pointing this way. Somebody, anybody in our political geosphere. But, but here's a question for you. Okay. Put solutions out there, please. Fine. So what does he do? What does Junior do? Well, he's in sales right now. He's selling. He's selling that Biden's incapable and incompetent. But, but no, no. What I'm trying to tell you is, okay. So imagine the average voter right now that's listening to this. Yep. They're pissed off. Who isn't pissed off today? Mm -hmm. CNN's pissed off no. because Alyssa Milano's not pissed off. Well, Alyssa Milano's not, not pissed off, but she's who is Alyssa Milano in the first place? She's yeah. a cousin Vinny's. Is, isn't that's the one? Or, no, that's, no, that's, that's, that's okay. Marissa that tells you how much I know about she's Alyssa Milano. She's one of the. Okay. I mean, I know her face if I see Commando. But here's the point. Okay. Take Alyssa Milano out. Everybody else. Who isn't pissed off today? Mm -hmm. CNN is pissed off because yeah. he, Biden, is making them look like idiots. Mm -hmm. okay? MSNBC is pissed off because what? They were his campaign. It's like, hey, we want this Trump guy out. Uh, Fox is pissed off because you know they're seeing what's going on because they're pro-military. Everybody's pissed off. Who isn't pissed off? But the average person that's listening to this, what can they do about it? What can the average guy do about it? What can Junior do about it? What, what, can, what can they do about it? What can all these guys do about it? So the only people that can really do anything about it is who? The people in charge. The people in charge. So no yeah. matter how much you put it on anybody else, I'm right. sorry. It's like, dude, I'm not in charge. What do you want me to do? Right. You can scream off the top of your lungs. You can do all the things that you want to do. But what can you do? This takes me into what Pineapple Express did. That's the part where you brought up and said, Pat, this entire time people are thinking we have to rely on somebody to do something. This is a group of civilians that are like, listen, dude. We don't care. We're not waiting on you. We're going to go out there and do this, right? You want to unpack what happened with those guys so the listeners can kind of... Yeah, so for people that don't know, there, there's a bunch of ex-veterans. They're, uh, they're no longer active duty, or the ones that are active duty refuse to uh, identify themselves, obviously, because they pretty much broke international treaties, and they, they committed an act of war by invading 
uh, a sovereign country. But really, these are guys that were on, uh, that did multiple tours in Afghanistan. These are special forces guys that got sick and tired of waiting for the government to get their allies and people who help them, people who help save their, li their lives, translators particularly and their families, uh, out of harm's way. So they just went in. They said, screw it. We're not waiting for clearance. I mean, this is like a 1980s like like Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. This is like Predator. This is like hardcore, old school, America is the best movie stuff here. But these are real guys who went in and they saved between 500 and 1,000 people. They got them across the borders out of Afghanistan. And, and uh, we'll never know who they are because obviously they're, they're technically war criminals now. But these guys are heroes. We know how who some of them are because they talked about it. A couple of them. A couple yeah, of them yeah. came and out and flat out they talked about it. Mm -hmm. And Tim Kennedy apparently Tim Kennedy. was very, yeah. uh, very, very um, big in organizing it. And and uh, he's a stud. By the way. Yeah. That yeah. guy's a freaking stud. You yeah. know, Tim is Absolutely. a special guy. Do you have opinions on that, or did yeah, you have any was, there's a lot going on. I think. Um, look, anyone as an American or even as a citizen of the world should just look at this and just be like, this is a complete shit show. But what did we expect? It's almost like we don't learn any lessons. Look back in history. What the hell happened in Vietnam? Mm -hmm. America, it, it, you can get into a war very easily, but I think we've realized it's very hard to get out of a war. It's very ugly to get out of a war. I think something that we need to recognize is what's the lesson here? We can be anti-terrorist, badass mother suckers and get in and take care of business, but we cannot build nations. We're not nation builders. We can't go into goddamn middle of the Middle East and think that they're going to come around to our way of thinking. It didn't happen in Iraq. It's definitely never happened in Iran. It's not happening in Afghanistan. Let's learn our lesson. So the next time that something happens here, God forbid a 9-11 happens, we don't rush to judgment 30 days later and declare war in Afghanistan when, like you said before, we're fighting Al-Qaeda, but Al-Qaeda was our friends in a different war, and now we're fighting the Taliban, but now we're making peace with the Taliban because they're fighting ISIS-K, who's like basically the Delta variant of ISIS. <laughs> and it's like, we can't figure this out, and we never will. I, I we don't understand that way of the it's world. It's the government, they don't though. Like, it's from the inside. I mean, obviously, you have, what was his name, Scheller. Mm -hmm. He goes mm -hmm. online, and he starts speaking out. And this guy's getting hit pretty hard internally. So, I, th you know, obviously, it starts from the inside. Like, when Pat, you, like, you talked about, like, we can't really do anything about this. This starts inside. We don't know if there's coups involved in, in our own freaking government. All the different branches. When you have, say inside, inside America? Or inside, absolutely. Okay. You're telling me that they don't yeah. have like, there's drama within our own government. Mm -hmm. Clearly, with our own military, clearly there's different special interests. Mm -hmm. Because how in the hell does this take place? Yeah. This well, the whole situation. If it's even within well, our government. Let, let, me, right. let, me, let me ask you this. So you just, you just made a point about, hey, we can never solve this. And this is, problem's always going to be here. It's always been there. It's not da, 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 all the stuff that you said. Okay, fine. Yes. But that's not, the, that's not the challenge right now. That We didn't get here because nobody agreed on leaving. The left and the right and the middle, everybody's like, we got to leave. There isn't anybody that's disagreeing on staying except for the mm -hmm. 5 to 10% of the veterans who are actually there, who saw what happened, who have emotional affinity to the people there that want to see their lives change. And they feel like maybe we're a generation away. Right. Except from the true believers, 80 to 90% of America all agrees on, mm -hmm. let's bring the troops back. Agreed. Fine. But here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. Okay, so uh, what is the right way? You're at a club, okay? There's a shooting. You're at a club. There's a shooting. You hear a shot. Goes out. What's the right way to leave the club? What do you look for when you leave the club? The nearest exit. The nearest exit, and you leave. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question. Do you look for your friends, or do you just look? I'm just going to run. They're going to find. They're going to find a run a way to run as well. 
I'd like to think I grab my friends who are around me. Okay. Yeah. Now let me ask you a question here. But if you're if you're with your buddies and they're all athletes, you're probably like, dude, you're gonna find a way out, dude. Let's go, guys, fellas. Let's get the hell out of here, yeah, right? Well, in the spur of the moment, are you thinking, where's Jim? Where's where's Bob? Where's but now Sally? let me flip it on like, you. No, let me, I mean, you're, let me flip it on you. Yeah. Let me flip it on you. Let me flip it on you. You're at a mall with your two kids. There's a there's a fire. You hear a shot. What's the first thing you're thinking about? Grab your kids. Grab, Grab your, your kids yeah. and then you leave, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. You're in your house. There's a fire. You got two cats, you got a dog, and you got two kids, mm-hmm. okay? Fire breaks out. One of the uh, propane p- uh, blows up and fires everywhere. What are you doing before you leave the house? Trying to stop yeah, the fire. Yeah. Trying to stop the fire, but you're trying to get everybody out first, right? Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say that common sense says what? We got to get the hell out, right? Mm-hmm. There is no common sense that says don't get out. So right. the problem isn't we got to get out. The problem is how not we get out. Yeah. So you have to prioritize on how you get out. By the way, here's a question for you. If, you, if you're sitting in a room, you know shit's about to go down, what's the best thing you got to do? If you know the, the enemy right there is about to do something crazy, what's the best way for you to react? If you if, know, if, if we, in if, a room. Let's just say I text you. I'm like, hey, uh, shit's about to go down. Adam, uh, Phil, uh, Gerard in a text. Guys, uh, we have five minutes to get out of here. Leaving uh, four. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm leaving. No. In. You grab yeah. your fucking but, weapons no, and make sure actually, that you have them. No. But but the way you're gonna leave, you're gonna be like, guys, let's not overreact. Just like just yeah, slow chill out. Just like okay. So the way we're gonna do it is you're gonna say I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and then Gerard's gonna be like, you know what? I gotta call. Let me call my girl. Yeah. And then gradually I'm like slowly. Yeah. So slowly yeah. you go out. You're like okay. Wait 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 wait. Dude, like we, right. that's how we left. Because we left the, like that. So the whole point isn't let's leave. We yeah. know we need to leave the Amateur. damn club. Damn right. We know we need to leave the damn mall. How we left. So, okay, so now, uh, uh, leaving Afghanistan for dummies. Okay, let's read that book. Leaving Afghanistan yeah. for dummies. Okay, let's, let's, somebody should publish that book. Well, Step I, number one, you got $85 billion of equipment. Yeah. Okay. Um, Civilians got to go first. So first of all, we need the equipment. Civilians right. got to go first. There you go. Those translators, yeah. those interpreters who help us out, got to go first. Then what goes next? In my opinion, the troops go last. I agree with you. Okay, yes. but I don't know why we put out the troops and then we're like, oh, by the way, uh, but we forgot 100,000 civilians so, and all our shit. So, so think of, it's ass backwards. But think about how much of this is just pure common flipping sense. Because well, it's, it's reaction versus response. When you react, you do what they freaking did. When you respond, that means that you're more calculated, period. Yeah. And they did not have, like when know, we're man. kids, like you have a fire drill. Yeah. Like you have certain protocols, systems, all that other crap. Where was theirs? Where, where, where was that list? Here's the other part. Here's the other part if you think about this. Okay. There's a part that I don't agree with the president saying what we're about to do next too early. Here's what I think. I think it's like, listen, guys, I don't know. Probably in the next uh, two, two to four years, we're going to try to leave Afghanistan. There you go. But you leave in six months. But nobody needs to know that. You don't, as a mm-hmm. pr- president, sit up there. Yeah, and here's my card. Hey, guys, we're leaving in the next week. Oh, shit, they're about to leave in the next week. Like, look, we're going to try to go in the next two to four years. We'll see what's going to happen. Okay? And we'll see what's going to take place. But we are working on it. We have a plan. We'll see what will happen. Then you know you're about to leave in the next 30 days. Mm-hmm. I, there's a part of this that strategically, buddy, it just validates Whoever that's in the commander-of-chief position, president position, ha- they, ha- they have to be strategic. They have to understand the art of war. Yes. They have to understand power. Mm-hmm. And then the subtle maneuvering. You don't just go and say, hey, 
I don't know. I'm just no, to me it's a bit no, of common you said sense. it a, you said it a while ago on a podcast, I believe you, last time I was here, uh, that the commander in chief needs to have some experience serving in the military because of mm-hmm. what you just said. I mean, if they if he had some level of experience of expertise, he would actually have to know the art of war, all these things that you described. Or or you know how we do it? Let's just say you don't. Okay, let's because we're gonna go in an era where a guy's going to be a president like a Trump, Biden, Bush. Let's just say these right. guys. Here's how it works. You're the final vote, but you got a board of six, seven. Mm-hmm. You're one of the votes, but you're the executive chairman. When it comes, if you've never served in the military, you're going to put generals there. Uh, Marines, Air Force, Army, everybody. That's your yep. national security council. You put your national security yeah. council, right. and right there the vote is four. If four in that room say, boom, go. But it's not one. Biden doesn't get a chance to vote. Mm-hmm. Neither Trump, neither any of these guys. Yeah. You sit there and say, boom, let's get out. A mm-hmm. F- few things that, that really come to mind from this thing is the way Biden's handled it really makes me feel like he's not running the show. He's a puppet. I'm not supposed to answer questions. I'm not supposed to. Who, who, you're the president. Who's telling you what to do? Yeah. If who, anything, you should who, be standing up with who, your chest out and saying, like, I make these decisions. Te- and, but but yeah. it's it's very obvious. And I'm not right. and that's not like a, I'm not trying to knock Biden on this. Now I'm like legitimately concerned. Who's calling the shots here, man? That's right. number one. Absolutely. Number two, all right, is I think it's beyond obvious now. Like you said it before. What are we learning from this? Why why we can't nation build? Adam, I don't think they ever intended to. I think that they were there to to suck millions and trillions of dollars and keep these incredibly high-paying jobs. Why do they not care about $8 billion worth worth of ordinance being left behind? Because it wasn't their money. They don't mm-hmm. care. It didn't come out of their pocket. That stuff was already bought and paid for. And in fact, the defense contractors are like, let them have it. We got to buy new stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. They don't want to win these wars. They just want to keep them going for as long as possible. This thing made them I don't disagree. so much yeah. money. Yeah. And the Patriot Act, right? We have the Patriot Act. We have TSA. Now, they said they're trying to spin it. They're trying to spin this that we don't need to be there anymore because we we, uh, we, we hit the objective. It was Osama bin Laden was the objective. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then the Patriot Act was there because of bin Laden and al-Qaeda. And now you're telling us the Taliban have learned their lesson. So why do we still have to go through TSA? Why are we still doing all that BS? Is that just, again, and now what does that mean to me? With everything mm-hmm. we're doing today, mm-hmm. that was the quote-unquote new normal. normal. Yep. And that was supposed to go away. But now the Patriot Act is never going away. Right. We live in a surveillance state. Just like taxes. It's never going away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So learn from, learn, what do you, your, to your point, Adam, what can we learn from this? Mm-hmm. Be very careful which freedoms you give away. In, in, in terms of, well, I just want to feel safe because we're learning right now you that when the crisis back. is over, yeah. they, you're not getting them back. It's well, not happening. Let me add to your point. You, you've talked to, talk, used this term, the military-industrial complex. Yep. It's a real thing. This it, is disgusting to see now. what's going on here. So something that Pat always says here that we learned, anyone who starts with valuetainment says, treat the company's money like it's your own. Do you not say that, Pat? Treat the company's money. So if you're going to go out and get a hotel, you're going to get a car rental, you're going to get equipment, you're going to get whatever, you're going to treat it like it's your own and you're not going to waste spending. Save that money. And it's just disgusting to see how much waste and fraud is going on there with, uh, within government spending. Yeah. It's disgusting. So let's circle back to the original question. What were they supposed to do with this equipment? If they weren't, they're not, how are they getting tanks back? How are they getting bombers back? Mm. This, see, I've never been in the military, but it seems obvious. Rather than letting them have it, don't you just blow that shit up? Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Explain to me why you wouldn't just... 
And you know the because crazy. We need an enemy to yeah. go back in yeah. and create another ten oh, years exactly. worth of trillion. Exactly. I mean, what you said is what Trump said. What's I that? don't know if you heard what Trump said. He said, "Here's a plan. First, you get the civilians out. Yes. Then you get the interpreters out. Let's just say the allies. Then you get some of the equipment out. Then you blow." Every unit up. You mm-hmm. blow it up because if there's any anything, you blow every base up that we have, then we get the troops that come back up. Yeah. That was his formula on how to do it. So you were just aligned with Trump. He just I'm said not, I'm not even making ago. this a, a president. I'm aligned with Trump. I'm aligned with Biden thing. Like you said, but, Trump but no, never served. But, 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 wait a but minute. here's my point. Well, no, no, wait a minute. You're aligned with common sense. Sure. Great. Awesome. That's a first for me, right? Bingo. No, it's not, <laughs> Here a, we it's go. not a first for you. If, if, if Americans... Actually, yes. looked at this bullshit there you not go. from the standpoint yes. of who is president, but yeah. rather from common sense. We many people would be on the same side. But if I agree. But my point is this: forget about Trump, forget about Biden, forget about Bush, forget about Obama, because they're all guilty and they're all we're involved in this war. Yeah. I mean, starting from Bush, Obama, it's been the generals. You're the ones calling the shots. Yeah, you're the ones in there saying, "Look, I've been in war. I've been in Afghanistan for 20 years. Here's what we need to do." Who's the loudmouth general out there talking right now? It's so easy to blame Biden or it's so easy to blame Trump. And Trump did the deal and Biden just went through with the deal. So easy. Why aren't the generals well, it's hard? It's hard for up? them because they all they went all in on the establishment to get rid of Trump. So it's hard. It's very hard for a guy like Mattis, who I'm a yeah. big fan of. It's very hard for him right now to be like, I, I, I backed the wrong horse. Uh, you know, it's very, very difficult. But for my their point pride. is this: like, who cares? You're talking about America. I, I agree with you. Yeah, but, it's but this not is a presidential also, thing. But this is also when you say that "who cares" stuff again. Like, th- this is, uh, you know, because because it's in this moment you've been so vilified in this in this divisive political environment. Like, this is what I, what I'm saying. When I talk about I don't want taxes, taxes are theft, and people are like, I don't mind paying my fair share if it means right. that a kid can read and education <laughs> gets better and there's no child is that that goes they, hungry. Is that how they walk <laughs> when they're talking? <laughs> yeah, with their, with their, with their <laughs> Warby Parkers. <laughs> I like people. I'm a good easy, person. Easy on Warby no, it's Parker, not. Bro. No, it's not. This is what your tax money goes to. Your tax money doesn't. Your tax money doesn't go to kids getting books in schools. Your tax money goes to this. So until these people tell you and show you that they can use the hours of your life, we've discussed this. Taxes aren't just money. Money represents the hours of your life. That is eight billion hours of American lives left behind for the enemy to play around with and hang people from Apache freaking helicopters. That's subsidized by you and me, guys. That right there, high five, guys. We didn't. We sponsored that, and we're not going to talk about this. Like my question is, how long are we going to continually talk about this to drive that point home to the general public? Because there's a lot of people in this world that don't pay attention to politics in this way. They don't pay attention to military in this way. This type of news needs to be continuously over and over. And there, that, there's a lesson to be learned in this. And we're all discussing it right here. But until that becomes like the norm, we're, we're going to do this shit again. The other lesson we learned, well, and I know, I I know I we're going to talk about we this. We avoid. I know oh. we're going to talk about this, but the other lesson we learned is every time they tell you that you can't take on the government, like all these Second Amendment guys, we got F-16s. Yeah? Yeah, right. They okay. got everything. I'm laughing in Farsi. I laugh <laughs> in North Vietnam. Yeah. You're telling me that I'll give up my guns because why? Because well, Eric Swalwell, <laughs> you don't have nukes. Yeah? What did the Taliban have? Don't ever, ever. You Forget know, your you Second know, Amendment. You know, they said the Taliban officially moved up 161 spots in the strongest military in the world. 
100 from our stuff from our from stuff our 161 stuff, spots yeah <laughs> in the strongest military in the world so that means they're like in the top 50 right now can i uh, think about the that. taliban crazy. the taliban's military after what they just took is in the top 50 Kai, militaries the, in the, the world right now what, what is their ties and i'm just going off here like what are their ties with the communist party of china do they have any ties with them? Well, they have they ties with Pakistan, support. and then Pakistan yeah. has ties. So with I'm just China. talking. I'm just thinking in regards to like technology it's, and stuff like that. that it's a be good used. thought because yeah. this is this is all a proxy. Because war. if yeah. yeah, because I'm thinking well, like okay, like who's who responsible they? for this? Who's responsible for? It? Everybody's got to be responsible for something. Who's re- last night? You and I had a conversation together, right? We had a little bit of a hiccup, and we we're talking to each mm-hmm. other. And you're like, yeah, you know what? How my how yeah. my hair got too high, by the way. Yeah, it's a funny story behind that. I like the hair. So <laughs> we're talking. We say, hey, so but the point is, who 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 gets the responsibility on this adam who gets the responsibility on this are who? you looking for a, a figurehead or I'm, I'm, well you listen i mean you know uh, uh, everything rises and falls on leadership who's responsible for this look if, I, I if you want to go the easy clear answer biden and he's uh, he even went out and said look this is on me he said this mm. um what should be the repercussions Oof. well the voters will determine that well, but, we but, can't but, wait but, that long. But, but what I'm asking you is, what I'm he's ask- not getting impeached. It's not like none of that. Okay, it's not happening. So let me ask you a question. Let's just say we go there because you know Republicans are like, let's impeach the guy. Okay, fine. Right. But, but let's just. But what, what you're saying, yeah. But the liberals wanted to impeach Trump twice, and they celebrate the first time in the history yeah. a president got impeached twice, and it's on their resume, right? Okay. Let's and then they're saying let's resign him, and then they're saying court martial, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. How should he be held accountable to this? I'm actually curious, right? Like Nixon resigned over what? Nixon Watergate. Watergate, Watergate which was what? Today, Watergate is like a step number three. <laughs> it's like Watergate is nothing today done by both sides. Watergate is very. Uh, yeah. Obama yeah. literally did it and got nothing happened R- to him. No question about it. Yeah. So did Hillary. It's a very uh, simple model. But how should he be held accountable? Not just voting. How should he be held accountable today? Because in a corporate world, in a corporate world, if I run a corporation mm-hmm. and I accidentally cost the corporation $85 billion, you know what happens to a guy like me? I mean, it's like the board is going to sit down and say, Steve Jobs, we kind of love you, but dude, you are fired. And we're going to bring in a scully and we're going to bring you back seven years later if you earned the right. But right. what should happen to this guy today? Why should, why should free enterprise have more pressure of their job being fired in the moment but government employees, they can just sit there and say, dude, no one's going to fire me. What should happen today? Well, that, that's the problem. That is the very essence of the issue with authoritarian regimes, communism, socialism, however you want to call it. There is no accountability in government. We talked about it before. It's not your money. It's somebody else's money. And, it, and, and if you blow it, you know, on, on a micro scale, we talked about Bill de Blasio's wife. Bill de Blasio's wife made a billion dollars, a billion dollars of taxpayer money disappeared. There wasn't an investigation. There wasn't criminal charges. She got promoted. She is now handling the dissemination of the funds. So what should what be do you done? Do with this? What, what do you do with this? Well, <laughs> by the way, there's two people that look very good right now. There's two people that look very good right now. One of them you know. The other one is Jimmy Carter. Okay. How? How does Jimmy Carter look good right now? Yes. Who did better, him or uh, uh, Biden? Biden is making Carter look good. Biden is making Carter. Carter is sitting there saying, at least I'll be able to say I'm not the worst of all time. George Bush and Dick Cheney are skating by on this. And I, they look. Mm-hmm. Biden's bad, but Bush and Cheney need to need to have the the spotlight shine on them. Cheney especially because he's back this time around in this camp. Mm-hmm. You know, and Donald Rumsfeld, your boy. I hate him. Yeah. Hey, horrible, horrible, horrible human being. An Great embarrassment movie, to 
Rumsfeld? <laughs> no, no. Vice was a great. Movie. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah. You, you did not see Vice. I didn't see it. You're kidding me. Nah. Why? 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 What, like I mean, I'm, uh, Hollywood doesn't like a Republican. Right? I, I, I think to answer your question, genuinely, I think it's a little go. too early. Folks, listen, folks. Everybody, go, listen. Everybody. Adam's gonna give his. I think uh, it's a little too early to uh-huh. just start dishing out blame. Yes, this is going not according to plan. Correct. Okay, cool. I don't think anybody likes to see what's going on here, but let's see what the long-term ramifications of this. The bottom line is this. Americans overwhelmingly did not want to be in Afghanistan. Let's not just like gloss over that. For years and We've years. We've already addressed that. Okay, but yeah. for years and years, we, we paid zero attention to this. For years and years, our military or our government was lying, basically saying, everything's fine. Don't worry about Afghanistan. Yeah. We got it all yep. under control. Turns out they were lying the entire time. Turns out we could not control 75,000 Taliban fighters. Turns out 75,000 people fighting for their homeland, fighting for infidels is a lot more powerful than any amount of army that's getting paid to play. Well, you don't so, have to win. You just have to stalemate. It's, yeah, it's, it's how we exactly. fight the British okay. to, to get this country. But stalemate for how long? 20 Forever. years? Forever. 50 years? Forever. 100 Forever. years? 1,000 years? Them. God. I think the bottom line is I think we have way too many internal issues in America to be worried about Afghanistan. It sucks mm-hmm. what's going on short term right now, but with everything that's going on in America, you name the list of issues, debt, obviously our tax system, health care, Homelessness. Just the list goes on and on and on. To that debt. Yeah. Me, now me, we're now we're worried about the Afghani people. With all due respect, we've got enough got, issues way, at is, home. No, no, no. This has got nothing to do with Afghani people. Well, what, what what does this have to do with Afghani? What 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 part of this issue is Afghani people? What part of yeah? The, what part of this is Afghani people? You mean you're, you're Af- saying yeah. you're saying let's forget. We have so many issues here. Let's forget about that. You know the people in Afghanistan, but let's address our issues. Nobody disagrees. Mm-hmm. But is this an Afghani people issue? No, this is an American government spending and focus issue. This is this is this right. is a this is a this is a strategic issue. Okay, if you hire a C-suite executive, you hire a C-suite executive because you're expecting this person to be competent in what areas. In and ex- whatever their specific expertise whatever they specialize is, yes. in, right? Okay, if I'm a CMO, my job is to do, do, do a great job in what? Just like you're a general in the Army. I expect to be competent at leading an Army. Exactly. What level of competency did you see in this move that took place <laughs> two weeks ago? That's the question that we all have, is who's the yeah, one but actually... What I'm, saying, what I'm saying to you is you're saying we already have so many problems. This could have been prevented if the level of competency was done in a different way. This is not an issue that we disagree in. This is an issue of competency. This is an issue of common sense. This is an issue of basic strategy for a person that in 113 billion people have been born from day one till today. You see that statistic of how many people have lived. There's only been 46 positions for U.S. presidents. He's one of them. Don't you think there needs to be a little bit more competency when it comes down to issues like this? That's the only thing I'm questioning. We talked last night, crazy. I asked Gerard last night, if you're comfortable answering this, you can say it on camera. I asked mm-hmm. Gerard, would you rather have Hillary Clinton as a president or Joe Biden? What'd you say? Hillary Clinton. How long did it take for his answer? What did you say? Hillary. Okay, now here's a question. Would you rather have Trump as president today or Biden? On this particular issue or every oh issue gosh. in America? Right just, no, just, just, take, just take overall competency, decision-making process. Would you rather have Biden or would you have Trump? On this particular issue, obviously Biden is failing. There's other things that I think Biden okay. is doing better than Trump. Such as, I don't think it's a binary option. But, but I think it is, though, because I think it's competency. 
Like I think, I honestly think as much as there is nowhere that I'm going to one day have a Hillary Clinton autograph in my office. I don't seek for that. But I honestly maybe a bill, maybe a Bill Clinton autograph. But, but you know, I don't mind a bill. Honestly, but I will. Tell, you literally have. But that. I. But I will tell you something. I. Yeah. I, I I've never. Uh, no, I know you. Yeah, you showed it to I us. I don't. I don't. This is not, guys. This has got nothing. This has got to do mm-hmm. to me. Who's a bigger badass, Hillary or Biden? Hillary. Not Biden. Biden wasn't elected to be a badass. That's not. That's the that's problem. That's the problem. That's the, is the problem, fact dude. That this is a competency issue and a leadership issue, folks. If you're watching this right now, if you're watching this right now, you have two choices. You have Trump, I'm sorry, you have Biden or Hillary. Who do you pick? And by the way, this is like an interesting crowd, right? Who do you pick? Mm-hmm. You have a Biden or uh, Trump issue. Who do you pick? This is a leadership issue. This is not about who won or who didn't win. Uh, the world hated Trump because Trump was pushing everyone's buttons. Mm-hmm. He was the obnoxious guy that's going out and calling you out. Hey, you got a big belly. Hell, your nose is big. Hey, you got a big pimple on your forehead. That's Trump. Is that fair to say that's his style? He's going to go and call everybody and just get under everyone's skin. Well, he yeah. also turned the free money spigot off, which is why they really got rid of him. And then he put all the sanctions on everybody. He decided, like he said, you know what? I'm going to go from uh, a person everybody wants to be like me, a kid grows up, wants to be like Donald Trump, rappers want to be like Donald Trump. I'm going to go to be the most hated person in the world by pushing <laughs> everyone's buttons. He just woke up one day saying, I'm going to push your button, China, Mexico, Canada, everybody. And he had the formula down. But when it comes down to situations like this, because your top position, presidency, out of everything you and I need to do in the job. Okay, maybe let me ask this back and we'll change topic because we've got other things to get into. Here's a question for you. Tell me the number one quality of a great comedian. Not top five, the number one. You guys are in that world. I have no idea. Mm. I think it's charisma. They got to connect. Is it timing? Is it charisma? What you is can it? you can learn timing. I think it's charisma. You, what do you can't think? fake it. You no, have I don't to be know. Able to connect with what do you yeah. say? Timing and charisma. You put sure. timing first or charisma? Give me one of them. I just want yeah, one. Reading the room. I'd say charisma. Okay, charisma. What do you say? Charisma for sure. Okay, fine, fair. But there's what's people the, without charisma. What's the that number can one quality of a person that could win Mr. Olympia? That could win Mr. Olympia, not be competing for Mr. Olympia, but win Mr. I think I know the answer, but I'm curious what you say. You definitely have to own the crowd. You okay. Th- you, I mean, but, obviously, if you have the physique, I mean, that's that. You have to have the physique. Okay, so that's number one. Yes. You have to have genetics. You have to have the genetics. Is that fair? Oh, absolutely. If you don't have it, it doesn't matter. Like no, Chad th- Nichols said, I mm-hmm. can take everything. I'm never going to win Mr. Olympia. Correct. You got to have a gift. Uh, oh, some may say, yeah. like a yeah, seven-time right. Mr. Olympia. Right. Okay. Let's continue. What is number one? Number one, not top five. What is a number one quality for you to uh, have a girl go from being a girlfriend to a wife? Number one, not top five. Maybe a bad for question for you right now. <laughs> I, I think uh, every, every woman says they want to have a, a good communicator, someone who listens. Okay, so Stabi- someone who wants... Stability? Fair. Stability, mm-hmm. would that be? Security, yeah. stability? Security? Fair. Let's Gerard's continue. working on stability. He's getting stable. He's moved into his new spot. I'm proud of you. What's the number one rule of becoming a millionaire? Number save one. Save that goddamn money. Okay, <laughs> so let's just say save the money, right? What is the number one mm-hmm. duty of being a president? Not top five, not top ten. Number one. Protect your people. Secure yeah. your borders. Boom. You got it. So mm-hmm. what I'm trying to tell you is everything that happens this year, nothing is above securing your people. Mm-hmm. That's number one. And he's not doing it. And Trump did. Okay. The, there's presidents that did. He did not do that. And that's what you get held accountable for. That's accountability. That is the only thing I'm asking for because you have to be competent. Last night, I hear shit in the backyard. Who has to get up and grab the gun and go walk around? Damn right. I have to do it. 
I'm the guy that's the security of the house. I don't say, well, let me send my 79-year-old dad to go see it. <laughs> Jimbo. Yeah. Let Jimbo. me go see what's going Jimbo. on. Okay? And then there's Jimbo. a big-ass possum on steroids sitting outside, like massive benching three plates. I'm like, freaking this guy what's could up, compete bro? for possum and Olympia. Yeah. So he's in the backyard. And I'm like, snacks, okay, man. Got, but, but the point is, the point is competency, mm-hmm. security. A husband, a man provides security, competency for the family. A president has to give us confidence that if somebody comes and invades us or does something to us, that person's going to put the freaking... <laughs> a level of fear in the other person to say, dude, I'm pulling out. I'm kicking back. Listen, I got Damn you. I'm right. going to give you a shit it's, back it's, to it you. It sounds like you agree with Joe Bonanno's book a little bit. We need a head of a family. Is that the idea? Got, Joe Bonanno? You you're going Joe. back to mafia. You you're watching way too much mafia <laughs> in the like, uh, nonstop. <laughs> Joe Bonanno made the same argument. We just need one guy who takes care of everybody. It's like a father, maybe you'd say. A boss. I don't think it's just one guy. I just think, like, to me, when you think about somebody where you're going to say, okay, like right now you look at candidates as an ex-president, you got to think about somebody that's going to be protecting the nation. You have to think about somebody that's going to protect the nation. I think and make other people think twice when they want to screw with America. I mean, well, that's, that's... I think more than anything else, guys, we as citizens have to look at this and say this central planning can never work because this is what's always going to happen. This idea that some government, some altruistic yeah. government is going to come and they're going to take care of everything. They can't figure anything out. No. All it takes is one batch of Peter principle and ruins the entire empire, man. Get rid of imperialism because it's impossible and it's not profitable except for a very few people at the top. Capitalism is the way, not imperialism. And also, guys, the centralized stuff, and now they're going to pivot to climate change. They're pivoting to the climate crisis. They're making Canada. these pivots. Talk about what happened in Canada. Oh, it's, it's all over. It's, oh, it's Australia, New Zealand, Canada, where uh, Trudeau came out and said we're, gonna, we're going to apply the lessons learned from this war on COVID in the war against the climate crisis and all of our environmental crisis and inequity and, and so, uh, social justice. And I was like, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. The lessons learned. Like in New York right now today, you know I love talking about my, my favorite home, Soviet bloc New York City, right? The the, the great uh, <laughs> Yugo New York. It's it, You have to show your papers, you have to show your papers. Your you have papers, to show your, your papers. Where's your, your, papers. Where's your papers? Or you cannot get into the bodega today. Yeah, it's it's you can't That's, eat groceries without showing. Now here's what's asinine about this: if you have a COVID vaccine, you can still be positive, COVID positive, and go eat at a restaurant. But it's okay. You you you've got your ouchie, so no big deal. But if you if you test negative. All right, like Cole Beasley, if you mm-hmm. test negative and you've been exposed to somebody, all right, who t- who didn't test but they but they complied, it's okay. They they can feed their children. Did you see the article I sent yesterday? Um, I don't even know if we want to get into this. Yeah, but the, the PhDs. Oh my yes, gosh. let's move the on. Smart ones. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> let's move on. I'm saying let's move, let's move on. on. I, you know what? We should I just... care more about the channel than anyone <laughs> than anyone here's opinions. We, you know what? We, Fuck it. Let's get the channel taken down. Let's do it. <laughs> Who needs the channel at this hey, point? Fuck hey. it. Oh let's my get crazy. God. Let's but just I, go but let me completely ask you anti-vaxxers. But, but let me ask you this. It was a great article. If anybody wants yes. to get this article, send me a tweet <laughs> at Patrick Bet David. Maybe later on today I'll share the article with you. It was Crazy. a very interesting article sent to us by one of our good friends here. Anyways, yeah. so listen, weird, weird week or no? Weird week or no? Yeah, yeah. Weird month. We're weird sitting, year. We're sitting. We're sitting in the in the in the uh, room, and you guys talk about what happened in Miami. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. And what happened in Miami? And I, we go on and we watch the video, disturbing video. I'm not even going to show it, but it's a disturbing yeah. video where. 
Yeah, you young, walk, young walk gentleman. Through it. Yeah, young gentleman uh, apparently was high on mushrooms. Uh, walks up, uh, uh, a, a very young couple, twenty one years old and twenty two years old, one year old child, sitting in Miami outdoors like we all do, just enjoying a, a meal over on uh, Ocean, Drive. Ocean Drive. And a dude walks up with a gun, sticks it in the guy's face. He goes, "Whoa, I got my baby in my hand." Hands the baby to his. He's twenty one years old. This kid hands the baby to his wife, and the guy goes, "Okay, now, now you don't." And boom, caps him right there. Middle of the restaurant, in broad front of daylight, his, broad daylight, non-provoked. Just apparently, felt was all, like doing anybody it. who's ever taken mushrooms, no mushrooms don't do that to you. So I don't know, right. maybe bath salts or something. And he but starts dancing like Fortnite, Fortnite, like dancing over the body like Fortnite, and then uh, just walks away. Apparently, shot at somebody else and missed them. And then three cops, man, who God bless these guys, the balls of these dudes, they just they they. Charged them, attacked them, took them down, and he admitted the whole thing while he was being taken down. It was. Uh, I'd love to see what was in his actual. It was an incredible. Can you imagine just going with your 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 young wife? I mean, he's twenty one years old. It's probably the first vacation he's ever freaking been on. They're out in Miami Beach, just chilling, loving life. Look at the sun and the fun, and the guy comes up and just boom. Let me ask, let me ask you a question. I mean, this 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 transitions us into the conversation we had yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the conversation is about God. Right now, if you look at God, the debate for God is what? Let's look at the debates for God. There's how many different camps with God? Oh, so many. There is the camp of people who believe there is a God, and within that camp, there's how many religions? A ton. Uh, too many. Yeah. Pick and choose, but mm-hmm. there's a ton, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, Judaism, Christianity, LDS, Jehovah, Muslim. You know, if you want to put Scientology in that camp, Catholicism, Buddhism, Taoism. Buddhism, Taoism yeah. Sikhs, there's a lot of them, right? But they believe there is a creator, there is a God. Mm -hmm. The other camp is what? Agnostic, they believe there is a God, they just don't know. Not not convinced. Not convinced. And then you have the atheist that flat out believes what? There's not a God. Mm -hmm. The community for atheists, believe it or not, is very small. It's only like 4 million people. It's not a big number. Worldwide? It's not a big number. If you look at them, can you kind of pull up what percentage of the world... uh, uh, Total uh, atheist population worldwide. I think I think it's a, it's not a big number. It's a small number. Anyway, so we got I, three different camps. Okay, I Whatever. thought it would be larger than that. Yeah, me too. U.S. is three million worldwide. Is what four hundred fifty to five hundred million. Uh, there are four hundred fifty atheists and agnostic. Wait a minute, because that's not that's not the same thing. So atheist and agnostic, I don't put them in the same camp. Mm-hmm. Agnostic is a complete different uh, understanding than atheism. Agnostic, so, just to be clear, I think atheism is you basically say there is no nothing. God. Yeah, agnostic no, is you're not sure if there is or there isn't. You just right. don't know. Yeah, that's, you don't okay. know, which is fine. So that's not like a no matter what, there's not a God. Okay, so it, it's okay, Kai. We'll figure it out later, okay? <laughs> so now, today, with everything that's going on, okay, uh, do we have more people believing in God today or fewer people believing in God today? I would guess fewer, percentage-wise. I don't know. I because not I, not population percentage-wise. I, I think well, it depends. When when you say God, like when people start using the term like celestial creator or a, a universal energy, I feel like they're still believing in God. They're believing in something. Like when you talked about people praying, you know how how, how praying centers you. Uh, and that people should pray more. I'm like, man, I feel like people talk about prayer now more than when I was a kid. They just rebranded it as yeah. uh, as uh, manifesting, manifest, right. manifest or your the future. Secret. Yeah, and it's like that because that, that was praying. That's yeah, praying. They're, they're like, is that not praying? Yeah, no, they, they use yeah. the word meditation. Yeah, I meditate is what I do, and rather than saying prayer, they use meditation. It's a more politically correct word or affirmations use. as yeah. well. 
Meditation is slightly different than affirmation. Affirmation is restating the same thing over and over and over again mm-hmm. until you believe it. Uh, meditation is more you're sitting there, you're praying, you're thinking about a topic. What do you do, Pat? No, I, I, listen, I got to tell you. I mean, for me, uh, prayer is, is, uh, is magical. You know, Tom's in a hospital. Tom's in a hospital with pneumonia and COVID, right? Tom's, uh, Tom Zenner? Yeah. Tom Ellsworth. No, Tom Ellsworth? Ellsworth? He's yeah. in a hospital with pneumonia. He was in ICU for the last couple of days. Yeah, so the BizDoc? The yes. BizDoc. So what? Yes, he's uh, he's there now. Man, he's, today's his best day. Okay, today's good. his best day. Okay, which good. is BizDoc. I hope you're listening. We're thinking of you, man. We can't we, wait we to miss have you. Him. Yeah, everybody right. misses. I hope to. Man. Hope is he gonna? Is there any chance he's gonna be here for the vault? Or? We don't know. We're gonna see what's All gonna right. happen. Well, the only, thing, the only thing we're thinking about is his health, right? That's right. So prayer, okay, prayer to me. But I think about, like we we went to the question and said, okay, what country would you rather? raise your kids in? Would you rather live in a country where the top believes in certain values and principle and there being a God, or the top believes in there is no God, they're atheists, they're agnostic, like, ah, you know, whatever, we don't need to follow a certain guy. Judeo-Christian values. You prefer that. Values and principles. Yeah. Well, that's what we grew up with. But but let's take that out. Let's take that out. Mm -hmm. And let's say we don't have that. What does Mm -hmm. that world look like? Let's take that out. Let's take it out and say, listen, I think it's like, you know, I used to go to school. We used to pray. You don't do that anymore. You used to go to school. You used to stand up to, you know, the, the flag. You don't yeah. do that. I mean, it's offensive. We used to go and do certain rituals, right? I remember one time I'm at uh, the owner of Public Storage's house in L.A., in Malibu, beautiful home. And Dennis Prager got up and he says, what makes uh, great countries great and what makes religions great is rituals. And he's a Jew. And, you know, mm-hmm. Jews have a lot of the, symbolism, a, and, a rituals, lot of symbolism sure. and rituals, right? We used to pray. We don't do that anymore. So imagine like you're standing up and praying to a flag or standing up and saluting to a flag or looking up to a flag. What does that do to a six-year-old? What does it do to an eight-year-old? What does it do to a 10-year-old? What does it do when you pray? Do you really believe in prayer at that time? Do you sit there and say, oh my gosh, prayer works? Or do you sit there and say, what if this works? I don't know if this works. What does a kid think about? But at least you're thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe someone's got my back. Maybe someone's watching me. Is it good to think a creator is watching us? Have we gotten away from that? Why don't we want a creator to watch us? Is it because we don't like accountability? Is it because we want to be kind of a, a rebels and not have anybody hold us accountable? What is it? like? What Or is it because we had a bad experience with a pastor, with a preacher, with a priest? Something happened. We're like, dude, I don't believe in any churches. That's what happened with me. I was an, I was an atheist for 25 years. But the more and more you see the world being a little bit out of whack, the more and more you question, you know what? I don't know. Maybe we need a little bit more faith today, not fate. Maybe we need a little bit more prayer today. Maybe we need somebody to just get up and say, you know what, America? Times are a little bit weird. I think we got to pray today. And we have somebody that just sits there like, you know, like flat out. A person gets up there and prays for the entire country today. What if that happened? How would the world react? How would America react? Maybe the man upstairs, if there is a man upstairs, is not happy. Maybe imagine if a father did so much for his kid and his kids are so spoiled. How would that father react? How would the father react? Would the father sit there? Yesterday I was doing a mentoring call on the Elite webinar. One of the guys, a kid named George, liked him. 
And I said, so tell me, George. He says, well, let me tell you. You know, I think of myself as one of these Bill Gates type of guys. I'm very cold. Nothing offends me. I don't get upset like he's talking a big game. He's 23 years old. I said, so really, what, what, what kind of business do you run? He says, I don't run a business. I work for my father. My father, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. I said, well, your dad doesn't know what he's doing. No, he really doesn't know what he's doing. I said, so what is your dad doing? He was a bunch of hotels in Greece, and he's got a big portfolio <laughs> of real estate of 100 some million dollars, but I do it all for him. I said, really? You manage it? Yeah. And we got all these seven other CEOs that are watching this that do 20, 100 million a year in business. I said, so tell me uh, uh, who needs who more? Do you need your dad or does he need you more? Oh, no question. My dad can't survive without me. I'm like, oh, really? He said, yeah. I said, so what are you going to do? He said, well, next year I'm going to go away from my dad and do it on my own. I said, fantastic. What's your game plan? He's going to give me a few million dollars to get started. <laughs> I'm like, everybody you, starts cracking. I'm did like, he, did you did just he, hear yourself? That's what my dad did for me. Uh, it was fine. Yeah. So, so, so maybe if there is a creator, just maybe right. this creator, if there is, and he plays the role of a father, maybe he's a little disappointed with all the stuff that we have. 100%. Maybe. I don't know. Gerard, what are your thoughts? Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's a long conversation. Um. I gotta tell you, man, I am a man of faith. I believe in a creator. I believe in, in a universe. I, I have a weird belief that we are all uh, connected of the same energy. I think science has kind of proven that matter cannot be created or destroyed. We're all stardust. We're all interconnected. And what I said yesterday is that I, I believe in, in a collective consciousness. I believe there's this thing called noetic science that kind of studies this. But there's this there's a reason why home field advantage works. Their collective consciousness is a real thing. There's a reason why prayer groups seem to actually have effect, right? So I think our collective consciousness is off right now. I think there's something, there, there is sand in the microchip. I personally don't have much like or use for religion. I think faith is of God, religion is of man. And I think religion has been a tool used for authorities and, and, and not unlike government in this regard. I feel like it is a thing for uh, people that are addicted to power to use to try to take power and control over their fellow man. Let me um, jump in on that, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Because this came up on my app this morning, and I love what you just said. It says, from Ephesians six twelve, it says, For our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So you know what that basically means. is that we're going through a lot of craziness right now in this world, and that uh, we need to be guarded, extremely guarded. And, we, and therefore, we need to come together. No matter if you believe in God or whatever, we need to come together. And Pat, you brought up a great story about your son, you know, praying, you know, showing prayer and stuff like that. At the end of the day, whether you believe in prayer or not, it's just positivity. We need mm -hmm. to come together in some way and understand that something's wrong. And in order to get right, we got to get right with ourselves yeah. and we need to really have better conversations. When you say, you know, I hear people say, love thy neighbor, this and that. You're just saying it. You're not doing it. Mm. We're living in a world of just words, 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 no actions, no real honesty. Hypocrisy is at an all time high with our leaders and all that stuff. We have no guts to even call out. And then when we do call out these so-called rulers, leaders, we get canceled, we get thrown to the side. And then when they come, the pendulum shifts, like we were talking about earlier, like, you know, you have the left doing all this blah, 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 blah. And then now this whole Biden thing. Now people from the right are like, point C, C, C. It's yeah. like, but that doesn't work either. Yeah. If we could just say, you know what, man? Hell yeah, you messed up. But I'm going to show you some grace because there's a bigger goal here.
and the goal is this peace and we're on the same righteousness yeah. stuff like that yeah i don't know i think uh um you know, obviously, where you are and where you are, you know, with Ephesians, you just read right there. I, what is prayer? Think about what prayer is. Prayer is what? You don't pray and say, God, I would love it if you gave me a Lamborghini tomorrow, and I would love if we get a Ferrari. <laughs> and if I get a $100,000 check, I will be more Christian next week. And if you give me that Ferragamo shoes with the nice Stefano Ricci suit, Stefano. I'm going to go to church You're coming times. for Joel Osteen hard so, here. Yeah, I'm going after Joel Osteen <laughs> hard here. But you know what prayer is? Prayer is Prayer forces you to think about other people. Mm. Prayer is, you know what? I'm, I'm praying for Gerard. You know, he's going through a certain phase right now. Probably Gerard told me something about his mom, his dad, his brother, sister. I'm going to pray for him, man. I, he looked like he was going through some time right now. Mm. I'm going to pray for Adam. You know, hey, you know, he's going through this. I'm going to pray for Tom. The, the part about prayer is it makes you think about others. It, meditation is more you most of the time. Mm. Prayer is out. You're praying for someone else. So, what would happen if we're coming from that mindset? You're thinking about other people. Look, for me, all I know is you give me a great organization. You give me a great family that keeps winning. You're going to find strong values and principles there. And the moment values and principles goes away, havoc's about to take place. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, the, the, the part about the, the fate that we didn't get into yesterday is how many people you know that use the Bible as a weapon? How many people do you know that use... The, the scripture as a weapon. I think history is, is chock full of them. I don't disagree. Yeah. yeah, Muslims may say a lot of people use the Quran as a weapon. 75% of them say this is a religion of what? Peace. Peace, Peace. right? Hey, you know, there's extremists, but that's not us. Mm -hmm. You know, guns. Let's talk about guns. Is gun a good invention to the world? I think, it, it, I think it's one of the greatest inventions ever made. Who did it help the most, men or women? Mm, women, women, by far. What? Give me the split. 10 to 1, 20 to 1, oh. 5 to 1? I mean, well, it's... I mean, we talked about this, you know, in podcasts past, but I mean, like, literally, this is the first time in the history of our species yeah. that not being big, strong, and violent is the the, the, the marker of success. And that, the, the gun has equaled the playing field yeah. for smaller people, more intelligent people even. Yep. If people are able to no longer just, just bully their way into success, you can't get in a, in a ship with 16 other Norsemen and go, you know, across uh, the English Channel and take over an entire town. Away. Yeah. So, I mean, again, we, we talked about it with LeBron James, and, and I, I call him the repentant rich. I'm like, never in the history of man could somebody that was born in that status of life in Akron, Ohio, become a billionaire. He would have had to kill or been responsible for organizing an army that killed mm -hmm. millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people in order to go from poverty to a literal prince, yeah. a king like that. So, you know, the fact that he's a billionaire play, by playing ball and hole and the fact that he can go and be on TV every day where everybody knows where he is and they know that he has all this money and everything like that and he doesn't have to worry about his family being at home or his stuff being at home. He doesn't go to sleep every night wondering if, oh my God, there's going to be marauders coming to, to take everything that I've, I've earned mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. He has indirectly guns to thank for that. Yeah. So let me, let me jump in for a sec. So there, there's two, I, we started this conversation with basically saying, look, we're a little off track here right now. You know, we kind of got to get our central nervous system of our consciousness together. But at the same time, like what you're saying, I think this is the best that humans have ever lived. Ever. Ever. It's quantifiable. So, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I, Charles Dickens, it was the best of times, it's the worst of times. It's so easy to point out all the bad stuff. Oh, this guy on mushrooms, like it's crazy. Uh, yeah. ISIS, Al-Qaeda, whatever, whatever. 
how many people have been lifted out of poverty? How many people over the last 50 years, how many people have clean drinking water now? How many people, how many babies aren't dying because polio isn't killing them the second they're born? It's so easy to just jump on and pile on the bad, the negative, things are bad, which some in some cases they are. But a lot of things are good, man. Well, a I lot think of things most are good. things are good. I think the, the term is gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, a lot of us have to live in that moment a little bit more, right? Like instead of just complaining and whining and bitching right. and moaning, we have to be in more gratitude. And like you said, I mean, mm-hmm. we, we are living in some very strange times but at the same time i mean look we're able to have this podcast connect with people you know we'll be changing you know hopefully someone's perspective life whatever in just us having this uh conversation yeah you know but uh you know i I feel very fortunate in a lot of things i get to do and that's because of you know evolution so pat let me ask you this so you brought up guns there so are you saying that religion to you is analogous to a gun absolutely a lot of people here are talking uh, insane stuff. Like, let me read some what a couple people said. Uh, 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 wars, wars, wars. Bi- Bible is uh, Marco D. Pascal. Bible is mostly fake, and Paul Baraz is 100% right. Uh, you, you got another guy that's talking about most. Uh, Paul Baraz just gave 10 bucks, and he said, most people in fairy tales, most, most believe in fairy tales, God and religion. Sure seek uh, like it works, LOL. Uh, you know, uh, people talking trash about God, right, and talking trash about Bible. There's an interesting thing about the Bible, I will say, and I, I, I love this stuff, by the way. Like, I, I, I spend my weekends reading up about this stuff. I've told you about my affinity for the historical Jesus, whether I believe he's the son of God or not. The He's the greatest activist of all time. I am fascinated with the life of, of, of Yeshua. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. And really the Bible, and this is going to piss some people off, but just try to have an open mind. The Bible really, all right, that we know today is a treaty between Judaism, monotheism, and the Roman Empire. Catholicism is a great, uh, it's it's an understanding between the growing sects of Judaism. Jesus never wanted Christianity. He was a Jew, through and through, rabbi. And there was Roman Catholicism, right? Roman Catholicism was the, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? The, the... uh, The compromise. It was the compromise between the dying old Roman ways and the new Roman as Rome became Eastern, not Western. So there's there's geopolitical, like it's fascinating politics behind this stuff. If you can, and I'm not saying that Jesus isn't the Son of God. I'm not saying that that it's not the Word of God. That's not what I'm saying. But if you believe that religion is of man, all right, and, and you know, if you if you can research the Council of Nicaea, uh, understanding what this was from a political standpoint is m- the most fascinating times in human history. We're still talking about two thousand years later. It's sh- the, the Council of Nicaea shaped the world for the next you know 1,300 years. It, it's it's a fascinating time, man. So and, anyway, I'm sorry, but, but, but you asked you asked the question though. You you asked the question saying the gun comparison to a Bible, right? Okay, yeah. So here's here's how I see this. Uh, anything can be used as a weapon. Anything can be used as a weapon, right? Mm-hmm. They, they, they say the moment you learn how to persuade, never go to the tipping point of manipulate just to avoid you being wrong at times. Mm. The, when you learn how to persuade, you're one, one move away from being a manipulator just because you don't want – because now you know how to win arguments, okay? So if the, if the mission becomes about winning, you will tip into manipulating, 
rather than persuading. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like what lawyers are trained yeah. to do. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. You, once you learn how to persuade, you're like, listen, this guy knows how to persuade. You know how to persuade. You know how to persuade. I know how to persuade. But there's like, you know what? In this argument, he's beating me. Screw it. I'm going to manipulate because I don't want to be. Yeah. And by the way, that's a problem. And that's a problem everybody with power that knows how to persuade has to deal with. Everybody. It happens in marriage, parenting, right. everything. Okay, yeah. let's set that part aside. Computer. That's a weapon. The Bible can be used as a weapon. This is a weapon. This right here is one of the most powerful weapons in the world today, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a couple arguments. Me, I went through the phase of trying to break everything down with the Bible to prove to everybody that the Bible is wrong. That was my outcome. You think the Bible is right? Yes. You mean to tell me that back in the days, a woman's going to have a baby without, and yeah, we have to believe it. You want me to believe it? This was this the 23-year-old kid that would go to every pastor that he could find and I would try to prove him wrong. That was this guy. We are 22, 23 years old. This is all I did for two and a half years, right? Mm. You mean to tell me I have to believe that? Let me get this straight. What makes you think maybe she uh, uh, hooked up with a guy that nobody knew about and then boom, next thing you know, she's got a baby. To save her, she has to say, well, this is a God, all this stuff, right? Okay. Then people say, well, let's just say she made that up. Okay. Let's just say she made that up. What are the freaking chances that she makes up the story and the kid ends up becoming the biggest influencer in the world. Mm. Let's say so for me, the skeptic is like, well, <laughs> what, uh, well, there's chances. What are the chances? One in 113 freaking billion? Okay, math genius. Break that down for me. Then I back up. I'm like, fuck, that was a... T- <laughs> Let me take a different angle. Right. Well, back in the days, people were so naive. And a person could come up with a great communicator. They can manipulate everybody. So you can use that as a weapon to manipulate others. Okay, great. It's still happening today. But fine, let's just say the naivety level is lower today. Right. People were more naive back in the days because they wanted to be controlled. Every time I went to it, finally it got to the following point. Here's what the point is. Are there some things you will never know about your dad and your mom that they will never tell you? Okay. Are there stuff you're never going to know about your parents? Like, you know, a couple of the arguments or that part or this part. Are there things that you will never find out? Yes or no? 100%. Yeah. If you spend the rest of your life trying to figure out 100% accuracy of who's right, mom or dad, are you ever going to find that out? Yes or no? You're never going to find it out, right? No. Okay. You can spend the rest of your life trying to find out every single thing about Christianity, Jesus, God, everything. Are you going to find that 100% truth of all of it? 100% truth. Not 99%. Not 98%, 100% truth. So then that leaves us with what? Okay, so you got emotional, you got logical. Let's look at both sides. Okay, for me, on the logical side, um, do I want my kids to learn certain values and principles to follow? Do I feel more comfortable a country is being built on certain set of values and principles? Yes. Would I rather have my kids go to church and not go to church? Yes. Would I rather have my kids pray than not to pray? Yes. Would I rather have my kids go to an atheist school or a Jewish school and I'm a Christian myself? I would much rather have. Would I rather have my kids be held accountable to a certain level? So this whole thing about you're right, you're delusional, you're this, you're that. Look, you're talking to a guy that spent the entire time trying to mathematically prove everybody wrong in the concept of Bible. And, oh, no. You mean to tell me this guy built a ship and two animals on each side and came in all of them? You mean, come on, bro. That's a freaking fictional story. You believe that? I don't know. I don't know. You mean to tell me that such as I don't know. What I'm trying to tell you is I don't know. What I am telling you is if a person reads Proverbs, 
they become a better human being. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Go mm-hmm. read Proverbs yeah. and see what happens to you. I don't know why. I don't care what you are. Just go start with Proverbs. Read to see what happens to you afterwards. I think we need a little bit. This is coming from a guy that's a sinner. This is coming from a guy that's flawed. This is coming from a guy that's done a lot of stupid shit in his life. But if I ever go more that side, I make better decisions. I think today, if there's ever been a time, the country that was founded on the right belief system who ends up beating everyone in only 200 years against empires that have been around for a few thousand years, maybe this country has been blessed. And maybe we need to kind of go back a little bit and say, what was the reasoning? Was it us? Or was was there something else that was on our side? I don't know. I would say this, and and this is where uh, I I would agree with the kind of uh, Judeo-Christian framework that you guys talked about before, right? Um, I don't think that the quote-unquote atheist today doesn't believe in a higher power. I think government is their higher power. I think that they believe in the system, the socialist system, as their Judeo-Christian framework. I believe that this, especially this, this nouveau democratic socialist, this isn't politics to them. This is religion to them. And I think part of the, the argument that we've had over the course of the last 10 years is you just talked about intellectual versus emotional. Politics is an intellectual conversation. There's there's ebb and there's flow. There's times where you need liberalism and there's times where you need conservatism. No question. There's you know I I always try to think in a, in a binary system. You know you like to say two wings of the same bird. I think of the Democrats as the gas pedal and the Republicans as the brake. You need gas to move forward. You need a brake or you're going to fall off the cliff. Right. So. I, where I think we've gone awry in our country in the last 10 years, and I think it's coming from the outside world specifically hammering us, uh, is this kind of global communism, this, this democratic socialism, this is religion to people. For all the same ways, I even said this to you guys last night, where you guys are saying, all right, well, you got to think of your neighbor. You need to think of, of uh, someone bigger than yourself. You have to provide. I'm like, this is what I hear from socialists all the time. This is, this is so- social justice rhetoric. You know, this is the stuff that they are all the time saying the people at the top have too much. The people at the bottom need to be taken care of. You got to think of somebody other than yourself. I'm like, this is socialist rhetoric. And then you made a great point. What is the difference? There is one key difference, and there's one difference that separates everything, and that is? Force. 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 Yeah. I have the choice. You know, you don't have to pray. I'm cool with that. Right. You don't have to give money. I'm cool with that. It's a choice. How many times have I gone to church and not given anything? Hundreds of times. Like one, oh my gosh, what a sinner. I'm telling you the truth. What do you want me to tell you? I didn't give anything that day I went to church. I've gone to church so many times. There's a great Irish but, joke about that. You ever hear the Irish but, Catholic joke but, about but that? But the point is I still walked out. It was a choice. Yeah. Did you, ever hear, did you ever hear the Irish what is Catholic? It? So uh, old, old Patty McDool. Old Patty McDool goes in and he says, uh, forgive me, Father. It's, uh, I have sinned. It's been, it's been seven days since my last confession. Well, what what'd you do, Patty? Well, you know, I, I lusted over, over me neighbor's wife. I said, well, did you... Did, did you do anything? No, but I thought about it. I thought about it a lot, and I thought about it constantly. Well, you know, thinking about it is just as bad as doing it, my, my son. So I'm going to need you to repent. I repent, and then we're going to need penance. What do I need to do, Father? Seven Hail Marys and put ten quid in the box on your way out to, to show God you mean it. So he says his Hail Marys, and then he goes to the, to the donation box, takes the quid out, and he holds it over the top. And then puts it back in his pocket and walks. And the pastor goes out. He goes, whoa, 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 Patty, what, what happened? What, I, I thought you, you were repenting. He goes, well, Father, I listened to your words and I thought about it. <laughs> and that's just, just as bad as doing it. So I figured God, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, by the way, them. you know, it's, it's crazy the, 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 for me 
for years, we follow the rhetoric, which is what? Which is never talk politics, <laughs> never talk religion, never talk this kind of stuff. And this is what we talk about. We're doing about it all today. If you don't like it, this ain't a podcast for you, I guarantee you. Uh, but if you like it, smash that subscribe button, put a thumbs up to help us out with the algorithms because we got a few more topics to go let me, in the let next 39 just, minutes. Let me give you one more thing. Here we go, um, folks. Everybody, pay attention. Go. Turn Very off the sad. computer. Do, tell your kids to be quiet. Yes. Adam's got some thoughts for us. I just, I'd be remiss if I didn't just bring up I'm this I'm thinking one you're going to pray for fact. all of us. Well, it does involve prayer. Okay. It does involve Let's prayer. Let's hear it. I think... You know, prayer or affirmation or meditation or thinking of others is important. Okay, no doubt. And I think, you know, whether they say, hey, take a second, moment of silence, that's great. But the whole blanket, we had an issue, thoughts and prayers. Hey, can you get your thoughts and prayers out there today? Yep. Hey, I, I, you know, my dad's sick, really could use your thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Hey, we just had another gun tragedy, thoughts and prayers. At the end of the day, thoughts and prayers don't do shit. Yes, the they don't solve problems. If they don't mean anything. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, the old actions. thoughts and prayers thing. I'm just so sick of the thoughts and prayers thing. Are you sick of virtue signaling or are you sick of praying? The virtue signaling. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm, it's not been getting political. It's just the, hey, thoughts and prayers. Mm-hmm. Thought, oh, we just had another 50 people guy from a gu- uh, gun violence. We really could use well, some. That's, just, no, that's just like when I have friends from uh, the UK, right? So like I, I you know, travel and. You know, I have a couple of buddies out in Birmingham, England, right? So they'll say, mm-hmm. why is it that you guys always say, have a nice day? Mm-hmm. He's like, you guys don't mean that shit one bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have a nice day. Just have a, a nice day. It's just a saying. So I, I totally agree mm-hmm. with what you're saying. I mean, at the end of the day, we got to say what we mean. Well, yeah. I mean what we and I, I know you want to move on, Pat, but I, the one thing that I, I did want to ask you about this, man, is, I mean, you've talked about this a lot. I mean, it's, it's interesting that you want uh, increased religion, increased accountability. But you grew up in an environment where, you know, religion gone awry completely turned your world upside down. Yeah, but it was force. Again, it goes back to force. Mm -hmm. My kids, everything is a choice. Hey, you don't have to read today. It's the currency of the house. But I don't have to let you watch TV today. But you don't have to ever read in my house. But I don't have to ever let you watch TV in our house. It's a choice. Mm -hmm. Hey, you don't have to clean your bed. Believe me, buddy, like I tell my son, you don't, you, don't, you don't need to, who said you need to clean your bed? Nobody said you need to clean your bed, but I don't need to let you play iPad this weekend. It's a choice. There's always a choice, right? I'm still going to love you. You're still going to be my son. I'm still going to take care of you, but I'm sorry, video games don't come if you don't do your part. I got to do my part. Life is tough. I got to do, so the force part is the problem in countries like mm-hmm. Iran, because you don't have the choice. Hey, you want to cover your hair? No problem. Do it. You don't? No problem. Do it. That was a Shah's way. You want to cover yourself? Go for it. Mm-hmm. Some people want to wear like, you know, uh, show everything, cleavage. And they want to have the shirt high and show their belly buttons because it's pierced and wear skimpy, what do you call it, uh, uh, skirts. Guess what? I'm sure you support that. You know, I'm sure you're... Vehemently. <laughs> vehemently. <laughs> now, somebody who's extremely attractive doesn't want to show any of it. She only wants to show, show it to her man. So every time you see her, you're like, she's dropped it gorgeous, but I have no clue because she's always covered up. That's her choice. Great. Mm-hmm. She wants to, somebody goes to the beach, they wear a two-piece, and they got a thong on. Okay? Now, that's kind of weird, but I like it. Let's just say you like it. Some people go there. They don't want to wear that. It's a choice. The force is the problem, is when the problem becomes a little bit problematic for me. So, But to go back to what you just said, and I've heard that a million times. Hey, David, can you grab somebody to grab a charger for my iPad, please? My iPad just died. If you guys got it, I wouldn't mind it. Here's what I will say about what you just said, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I 
partially agree and I partially disagree. Let me explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, who have I? Who have I known longer? You or Tom? Uh, Tom. Okay. Who gave ten thousand dollars to Obama and Trump and uh, said committed to I'm going to give ten thousand dollars for this to happen? Your boy Sauce. Who else here gave that? I don't know. But who here supports for that to become a reality? Everyone. Did Mario give anything? Not that Mario Aguilar. No, Ma- not him. Mario didn't give anything. Yeah. But does Mario want to support me doing the interview to see uh, Bush and uh, Obama and Trump be in the same room? Of course. I think that there's levels to support. Mm-hmm. Some go above and beyond. Some people, all they can do is say, dude, I'm just going to pray for you. I got nothing else to give you. What do you want me to do? But my thoughts and prayers go for you, right? Some say, hey, I'm not only going to pray for you, I'm going to make a phone call to see if I can get a guy to support you. Hey, not only am I going to pray for you, I'm going to make a phone call, but I'm also going to come out uh, to your place to help you out. Whatever you need, I got yeah. you. Okay. Some say thoughts and prayers. Some say call a friend. Some come, and some go and give $50,000 or $10,000. So there's levels. I don't mind it, as long as the effort is to give something. If you want mm-hmm. to give time to pray for me, that's a starter. There's levels in life. You know, hey, if somebody works at a company, not everybody's going to be a C-suite executive. Somebody may come here and make sure the place is clean. You're contributing to society. Somebody wants to come in here and edit. Fantastic. Somebody wants to cut. Great. Somebody wants to grab. I don't. As long as we're contributing, the part about prayer is yeah. the is the barrier to enter is just to pray. Go for it. There's yeah. no expectation. That's much better than a guy says, "Screw you. I don't care what happens to this guy." Mm. So it's a way to at least get people started. I, I hear you on that. There's levels to this. So, but yeah. imagine you're raising, you're, you're trying to, you, you, you pledged $5 million, right? Yeah. Yep. And Aaron Singerman called in, he gave a half, half a million. million, I gave 10,000. Yep. This person, yep. this person, this person. That's great. Imagine if you were trying to raise $100 million. Yep. Okay, hypothetically. And all you got was a million people giving you their thoughts and prayers. And my point is this it's just empty. It's just yeah. thoughts and prayers. I think How many people give you a thoughts and prayers and literally don't think or pray? They just write that well, down and move on with their life. But the, guess, who, guess, who, guess who's responsible for that? That's, that's, that's on everybody. That's, that's, no, that's their no, character, that's, though. Yeah. That's their character. That's their character. They're held responsible. It only hurts one person. It's themselves. That, you know, I, but I, my problem is if there's actually something that needs to get done, whether pick a, pick a yeah. pick health care, pick gun violence, yeah. pick the Green New Deal, whatever it is. And then just thoughts and prayers. It doesn't get things done. It's is a my choice, point. Though. I like choices. If you don't want to sure. do it, yeah. And I leave it on you. That's fine. Yeah. I'm just saying it, that I need something more. If you're looking to well, raise you're expecting. money, I'm just saying if I'm looking to raise money for yeah. a cause, yeah. And all you're hitting me with is a million people give me thoughts and prayers, buddy. I need someone. I need some. I need actual money. I need actual help. Yeah. I need you to volunteer. No, I know what you're saying. Whatever. I think what you're Thoughts saying is, is just an easy way out. It's the a fake out. side of it. The it's fake. fake. Yeah, there are people. There are some that will do it through fake. Look, just for social. Yeah, I, I fully get that. Anyways, I agree, and I had my own uh, perspective on that, but uh, it is what it is. So let, let's talk about work ethic. Let's talk about mm-hmm. work ethic. Have you ever heard Elon Musk, China, and Tom Brady in the same story? It's kind of <laughs> weird, ain't it? There's a little bit of weirdness going on there, but let's try to see if we can pull this off. So, Elon Musk shows the new robot. And then says, we definitely need universal basic income. It's eventually going to happen. This is based on the new Tesla bot. During a recent presentation on, artificial, uh, on AI hosted by Tesla, Musk said he is working on creating a Tesla bot, a robot that would do dangerous, repetitive, and boring tasks so humans don't have to. But Musk recognized that the creation of this robot might take place 
of the jobs that are people currently getting paid for, which is why he said a guaranteed income will likely be necessary in the future. Essentially, in the future, physical work will be a choice. This is why I think long-term there will need to be universal basic income. Okay, so that's Musk. And he's talked about this before. This is not the first time he's talked about this. He talked about this when uh, Andrew Yang started talking about the the, the $1,000 to everybody, the UBI, and then Musk kind of supported it as well, right? So just to be clear, Elon Musk is a UBI guy. Clearly, Elon Musk right? is a UBI okay. guy. And, uh-huh. and by the way, his argument is a valid argument because he thinks technology is going to advance mm-hmm. human beings. Okay, well, which, when you're the person that's creating all this technology, you better be a UBI guy because you're going to put F- millions of people F- out of work. FYI, he also becomes the most dangerous man in the world mm-hmm. if he does that, just so you know, because essentially if you create these robots to be that smart, eventually robots take control of you. If you create Isn't them to be... is everything he's doing with the neural link and uh, just thinking? You have some theories about that. You think he, he wants to... Uh, you know, I think he likes to bang aliens. I, think I mean, you, you've said that maybe once or twice yes. before, maybe more take than twice. Take a look twice. at his girl. All right, so then let's watch Chinese. Chinese authorities say over time 996 policy is illegal. This is a Reuters story. Chinese authorities say over time 996 policy is illegal. 996 is, you know, you're working 996 days a week. Chinese Supreme Court said overtime practice of 996 working 996 p.m. days is illegal, taking aim at the controversial policy that is common amongst many Chinese technology firms. Working such hours has become a badge of honor for some Chinese companies and employees. Silicon Valley heavyweights such as Sequoia Capital's Mike Moritz have highlighted it as a competitive advantage the country has over United States Chinese tech giants, including TikTok owner ByteDance, have in recent months been walking back with their grueling work hours, including the big week, small week policy that requires workers to alternate five-day work weeks and six-day work weeks. So that's China going away from the six-days, right? And Sequoia Capital saying they have an edge over us. And then that leads to the Brady story, okay? So we got Musk, we got China, we got Brady story. Tom Brady disavows today's work ethic. It's not how to live a joyful life. Fox News story. Brady has some advice on how to be successful. Stop blaming everyone else. Life is about always changing and adapting on different things. Today, the world wants to blame and shame and guilt and fear everything all the time. We would never teach our kids that, you know. We would never say, this is how you're going to get through life the best. You're going to blame everyone when things don't go right. Brady called the sport the ultimate blame game. General managers, head coaches, players, quarterbacks, receivers, defense, offense. It's so easy to blame someone else. It's so hard to say, I didn't get the job done, and we collectively didn't get the job done. That's the best part about team sports. I picked a team where everybody's like, hey, we got to get better. It's not like I got all the answers. You just, uh, you guys just all screwed it up except me. Exact opposite way to play the game, you know. You got to play together. So that's what he's saying. Man. He's saying if you want to make it at that level, it sucks. It's not the way to live and don't blame people. So wh- what are your thoughts about the future of hard work? What's going to mm. happen? Phil, you want to start this one off? Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, look, being a bodybuilder, <laughs> you're your own first responder in everything you do. I got to get up in the morning. Even if I have Sheree wake me up, I still got to move. I still got to eat that food. I still got to get on that treadmill. This morning, I was like, gosh, I haven't trained legs in like a month, and I'm going to go do it. I didn't want to do it, but I tried to, you know, I live by my own accord. I say, live life like leg day. And that means, like, it's going to hurt. You have fear and anxiety or whatever, but you know what? There's a reward. Mm -hmm. And that reward isn't for everybody else. That reward is for me. So I have a dream of, like, what I want to do. And I'm like, look, I'm going to do this. And here's the best part about being a bodybuilder, that if I eat right, I get results. 
If I train right, I get results. Practice does not make perfect because I can practice a lot of freaking bad habits. So I got to be a student of myself and I have to evolve throughout my life because what I did in my 20s, I damn sure couldn't do in my 30s. And I'm 41 now and I'm learning a lot and I'm scratching my head and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if I could apply what I know now to the 20 year old Phil Heath, holy smokes. But that's life and it has no rehearsal whatsoever. But you know what? I can't blame a coach. Even if I decided, you know, I work with Hani Rambod, right? Brilliant coach. I lost to the Olympia in 2018 and in 2020, right? I could literally point at him and say, you know what? We didn't do this right. You didn't tell me this. Who hired him? I did. So, you know, like the level of accountability, I mean, people have to really start asking themselves, are they holding themselves accountable? Don't always look for someone else to do it, man. You're making your choices. And like Pat said, no one's forcing me to compete either. No one's forcing me to do this podcast. No one's forcing me to do shit. There are two things, the two C's I teach kids and stuff, choices and consequences. You got to know the damn difference. Mm. And if you don't, life is going to teach your ass and it's going to be a very difficult lesson. You just have to pray to God that it's going to be a very inexpensive lesson because if not, it's going to be a truly expensive lesson like we saw at the beginning of this show is that those are expensive lessons for you not understanding your choices in this life. That's where I'm at with this. What do you think about that, Adam? So you got you got that great feedback. Obviously, you're talking about seven-time Astro Olympia. And for bodybuilders, uh, uh, you're being judged for every single mm-hmm. piece of muscle, every f- fiber, everything that you got going on, right? So for you, you Musk know? says we're going to UBI no matter what. China, 996. Mm-hmm. Brady, it's not how to live a joyful life by blaming everybody. Yeah. Take responsibility. Who's right? Well, I think at the end of the day, why do humans work, right? Obviously, the easy answer is like, well, I got to get shit done. But I think work gives you meaning and purpose to your life. And like I look, it's funny because I'll walk, I'm sure the people with pets out there, you know, have the same thing. You walk out your door and I see my two cats. I'm like, enjoy your day, you two. Like doing nothing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? You know, you got your dogs. All right, just yep. be a dog. So dogs do dog things and cats do cats things and humans do human things. What do humans do? Humans need to work. Work gives you meaning and purpose mm-hmm. and community and friendship and everything that, that comes associated with work and improvement. Like when you like the picture of you and when you were in Denver playing point guard or whatever, right. it's a different fill. Um, imagine if you just like the obviously with baseball and everything you did with MMA and everything and everything that imagine if you Pat never put in the work to be where you are today. You were just that 22 year old still at Bally's being, ah, whatever. I don't need to work that hard. I think there was a, what was the poll out here that survey shows that no, that people no longer believe working hard would lead to a better life. I want to know who actually took that survey and took that poll. Who's raising these freaking kids? Yeah. That's my biggest question. Well, I, I can tell you there are people that I know in the entertainment industry specifically that feel that way because they do put in crazy amounts of hours and they do put in their all their art and their intellectual property to being a comedian. They're sleeping on couches and they're sleeping. 
capitalism is phenomenal for most things. Everybody here knows that I'm, I'm a free market guy. Capitalism does art pretty poorly. That's one of the things, education mm. and art, we don't, we don't do well Try to with, with capitalism, all right? So there are people, and, and they are mm. talented, and they're working very, very hard, and they're getting nothing out of it. Then they have to do a job. Now, where UBI comes in is it's, it's necessary to stop, you know, revolution. UBI is going to become necessary because if you have somebody you talked about before, somebody that's a janitor, somebody that maybe tried to make it as a, a singer or something like that, got uh, got a girl pregnant, got got a guy pregnant, got pregnant by a guy, whatever it is, and then necessity had to take over. Now they had to take the first job that they could, and they are a, you know a janitor. They're driving Uber. They're well, I was I, when I was shut down in uh, non-essential, non-essential tattoo. Mm-hmm. I went from two national tours. I was on two national tours two years ago to driving Uber and working construction because only only two jobs I can get during the pandemic. Those are the only two essential jobs I could do. I couldn't tell jokes, I couldn't go on tour, everybody was gonna get sick, but I could work construction and I could drive Uber. As mad as I was at the world for having to do that, Mm -hmm. if I didn't have that available, if robots had that job, and I was just sitting there with my credit evaporating and and my savings evaporating, I, I, I would've gone insane. So if you have people that are taking jobs that they don't want just to survive, and they're already kind of skeptical about the the system as it is, right? Or they they feel skeptical about the system, and maybe they are working hard, but they're working hard in low wages where they don't see any way to move forward. There's only so much money you can wake, work as a waitress or a bartender, and it's not like they're not working hard. Now, if a robot does that, which in Australia, I'm sure you've traveled the world, Patrick's traveled the world, you guys have seen this in airports, where now they don't even have bartenders in some of these places. You get a cup, and the cup has a false bottom, and you put it on, you put your credit card in, and you put the the cup on, and it fills the beer from the bottom. It's not even a bartender. You don't tip tip the machine, so... Well, gee, give me... me so are you a believer in UBI or no? Dude, honestly, I wasn't, and I'm coming around to it because I think it's a necessity. Not in this moment. Okay. Andrew Yang is early on so this. So 20 years down the road. I think it's a necessity. 20 years down the I road. I think it's a give necessity. Me, give me, like we've seen what happened during COVID. Uh, two-thirds of people staying home are getting paid I, more I to stay home than dude, they were in their job. I, I'm, I'm You're a, collecting UBI. I'm a Milton Friedman. What, what are people doing with their lives I'm a Milton if you're just getting guy. paid to stay home? What I are people doing? I, I don't think that that's what UBI really is. I think UBI is supposed to be that basic need are met and I don't know the math behind it so well and I'm not necessarily sold on it but I think it's something that has to be taken seriously and it's something that needs to be uh, researched as much as possible and I know that this goes oh, this this is a seeming contradiction yep. to my worldview mm-hmm. but Again, I just think that we're going to run into a situation where if you have 10, 15, 20, 30% unemployment worldwide, you have a nightmare situation. Unless you are going to have a global economy where there it's going to be cheaper to have labor and you can go be a construction worker in Africa, then mm-hmm. you know, you can you can like when I look at uh, you know Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos going to space, I don't think about space. I think about international travel in two hours. I think about them going to the upper atmosphere and then coming back down in Johannesburg, and that could be your morning commute. Like that's what I think. Like if we're gonna have a global economy, uh, I, I don't know, man. I think the world in fifty years is gonna be so different than the world we have today. It's gonna be incomprehensible for us to understand how we didn't function in those ways. PBD, what was the name of the guy that you, he said I got? Ten billion dollars richer during the pandemic, and the question was, 
Does the money flow up? Does it money flow down? Up, yeah. What was that story? Because I feel like that's where the money is going to end up with the rich anyway. Unfortunately, it, what we can say everything we want about UBI, uh, people, uh, if you don't change their habits internally, they're going to keep spending the money. Money is going to go to the rich. It doesn't matter what you do. Mm-hmm. You give money to UBI. Oh, we need universal basic income. Just think the money's going to the top billionaires. Just right. think about it that way. Like it's going to go through here to the billionaire. Mm-hmm. So this whole universal basic income is money to the rich. Great. Go do it. It's going to flow to the rich no matter what you do. Now, on the uh, com- uh, argument about uh, robots taking over all this other stuff. Great. So do we know? Do we not know? This whole thing about robots been talked about for a long time. Uh, education is going to have to change. The approach to school is going to have to change. The approach to what jobs you go get is going to change. Uh, in a... Uh, if you live in Bermuda, you know what's the number one job kids go get, what degree they get? What is the number one job kids go get in Bermuda? Can you guess what it is? Yeah, what's Tourism, it to do with hospitality? Ma- no, math and actuary. Uh, actuary, yeah. Because the five reinsurance companies are in Bermuda. So yeah. when is the last time you thought about getting a degree in actuary? You don't. Well, in Bermuda, you do because you want to go and come back and work for one of the five actuary companies. So you have to shift the way you go get a degree. If you work in a place where the biggest employer is Ford, and you have to kind of think about, hey, I don't want to leave this place. I want to be in Detroit. Great. You're going to go and come back. Let's just say you're going to get that job. If you're living in a place where you're in Silicon Valley, everybody wants to hire a predictive analytics or an engineer, guess what you're probably going to go do, right? If you're living in Texas mm-hmm. in a farm place, you know, raising cattle and that, you're probably going to go do that. It all, so we'll pivot. We'll adjust. People will be pivoting and adjusting. But money's always going to flow to the people with the best habits. I don't care what anybody says. Money's always going to flow to the people with the best habits. This thing about China's 996, I hate to say this to you, but it's kind of impressive the fact that China's doing this. They're, they're 100 years behind U.S. You know, U.S., uh, they, they did this with Ford because uh, back in the days, the average human worker was working 69 hours a week. Mm-hmm. It was 69 hours a week that we worked. The average American worker used to work 69 hours a week. Today, the numbers are on 39 hours a week, right? Give or take, right? Versus 69 hours. Now, here's the thing with That's me. Crazy. I have worked 996 for nearly 20 years, mm-hmm. but it's by choice. I have worked 996 by choice for 20 years. These guys work 996 by force. There's a big difference. I don't know a single billionaire that you meet who doesn't have a, you know, 8106 for 10 years or 20 years. That is a proven formula if you want to make it to the high level. You got to really light it up for a good, good run that you go on. You got to go on that one run of yours, right? Yep. So this is mandatory for everybody that wants to kill it in their space. You need the rest. You need all that stuff, but that's that. And then the last part about uh, people no longer believe in, you know, working hard will lead to a better life. Really? Okay. Let's unpack that. People no longer believe. Let's put a funnel. Put a funnel there, right? What's the funnel? The funnel is a kid is born. The first five years, the kid's influenced by who? Who's parents, the kid influenced parents, by? Parents. Yeah. And then from five years old, he goes to kindergarten. He's uh, influenced friends, by who? Friends. Friends. Okay. Then teachers, from teachers, first teachers. to 12 years old, they're influenced by who? Teachers. Teachers. Yeah. teachers do teachers. Yeah. Lo- what percentage of teachers love capitalism? 10%? 20%? Yeah, 30%? I don't know. I don't know. Then go to college. You go to college for four years. You tell me what percentage of professors in college love capitalism today. 
Tell me how many of them. I just interviewed the communist professor in Riverside Community College, liked the guy, had a great conversation with him. He fully believes the two of the greatest leaders that helped society the most are Stalin and Mao. He wasn't joking. He was 100% firm about it. I asked him if a 22-year-old kid has a decision today to be the next Jeff Bezos, create 1.3 million jobs, or be the next Stalin, what is better for the world? He says it's not even close, Stalin. If he becomes the next Stalin revolutionary, it's better for the world. This guy fully believes it. And he's not 22. He's 45 years old, our age, talking something like that, right? That guy's 45? Mid-40s. The beard makes him look old. Looks like 145. (laughs) But but the point is this. When people say things like, you know, uh, surveys show people no longer believe working hard will lead to a better life. It's not. It should say professors encourage kids to no longer believe that working hard. you got to change the wording to that title. Or you could say you could work smart, not hard. Or maybe you could do both. But the fact that... I just the, don't no, want to work don't hard. Give me this BS got, about working hard doesn't you gotta, work. So. You got to work harder yeah. and smarter. I mean, you, in order to be competitive, are mm-hmm. you kidding me? Pat just illustrated it perfectly. When I when I got into bodybuilding, October eighth, two thousand and two, I said I want to be a bodybuilder. I recognized that I was at a disadvantage because I was going to go against people that have been doing lifting weights since they were twelve years old. Mm-hmm. Now I wasn't one of those guys, but yet I did have the genetics, right? When I turned pro, the gift. <laughs> when I turned pro 16 years ago, it, everything reset. I was a pro. I was 25 years old, and I'm going against the best in the world. And I'm thinking, I got to outwork them. I got to outsmart them. But it's going to take time. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't do the Olympia my first two years of being a pro in 06 and 07, even though I qualified. Why? Because I was like, I need more stage time. So I got on the road, I did numerous appearances to get my stage presence up. I knew nothing about that. I had no coach that taught me those things. I did everything in my power to make sure what? I can increase my capacity at a faster rate than everybody else so I can equal the playing field. Eventually, I'm gonna catch their ass. And guys like Dexter, you Mm -hmm. can ask him. He said, eventually this kid is gonna win. Because I, I knew that I had to do what? I couldn't train just one time a week. I had to train twice a day, twice a week. But then I was like, well, I'm going to burn out. Everybody's like overtraining this and that. Well, massage therapist, acupuncture, infrared mm-hmm. sauna, hyperbaric, whatever it is. Instead of buying bullshit, I went out and spent money on those modalities to increase my capacity. So then eventually when I got there, I, was a, I would arrive. And then, oh, wait, I did my first Olympia, got third. The rest is history. Mm-hmm. I was able to dominate during that time period because I had already made those other years profitable. So then when opportunity met, I was like, let's go. But Eight billion people in the world, only four have won Mr. Olympia seven times. Okay, that's all period. you got to know. Right. Yeah. So, but you have what, what do you say, by the way? Outwork? Outwork, out-improve. out-improve, out-strategize, and the scariest one? Outlast. Outlast. It's the most intimidating the stamina, thing. The it's stamina, the most bro. intimidating thing in the world of competition. The fact that you, I tell you, I used to tell my competitors, mm-hmm. you can beat me one day, maybe <laughs> a week, maybe a month. Yeah. You'll match my work ethic for a year. I will guarantee you, you're going to slow down. I'm not. I, I said, you're going to go. How many years are you going to go? I'm going to go five years straight. I'm going to beat you. <laughs> I'm going to go 10 years. You're not going to last. Or let me, uh, so that's the mindset that's yeah. intimidating. But yeah. let's, let's transition yeah. because we yeah. got four more stories I'd like to get to, and we only have 13 minutes. So let's see what we can do here okay. on uh, rapid fire with some of these stories. Okay. <laughs> Australia created a police state to stop COVID. Mm-hmm. Data shows it's not working. Um, I'm getting more videos. Are you, are you guys, I'm sure you guys are seeing, obviously, what's going on over there. Uh, on Monday, New Zealand Prime Minister 
Uh, uh, Jacinda Arden announced the government would be extending this lockdown following an outbreak of the Delta, Delta variant. We don't yet believe that we have reached the peak of outbreak or necessarily the edge of it, Arden said at a news conference. Meanwhile, in nearby Australia, residents are entering the ninth week of lockdown that had initially been scheduled for two weeks and many of the hardest hits. Parts of the city, NBC reports, military personnel roam the streets and authorities issue fines up to $3,700 to individuals breaking lockdown orders. Economists at the Rand Corporation and the University of Southern California reached a similar conclusion regarding the ineffectiveness of shelter-in-place ordered months later. We failed to find that shelter-in-place policy saved lives, the author reports. We failed to find that countries or U.S. states that implemented SIP policies, stay-in-place policies, Earlier, in which the SIP policies had no longer to operate, had slower excess death than other countries, U.S. states, that slower to implement SIP policies. Anyways, it's craziness. Kids are out there by the beach. They're getting fined. A thousand dollar fines for the Fine. parents. Did you see the the, <laughs> the manhunt they had for those kids? Yeah, the one guy that was on uh, two helicopters. Like well, yes. one guy was in the elevator, and they said, "Watch this man cough twice, three times. If you see this man, report him oh, to yeah. us." Nationwide he is manhunt. This guy left the house. Do you want me to get our Australian friend on the phone real quick? Is he time? Yeah, pull him him up. Do we have the phone to call him or no? I think this is okay. Call him up. Let's see if we got. Even if we get a couple minutes from this guy in Australia, I told him we would be five minutes max. There's people that are that are in their backyards getting the cops called on them because they went into their backyard and they didn't have their mask on. Who's snitching in their own backyard? Who's snitching? It's insanity, man. Like you snitching? No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, well, you know who it is. Don't put on. You know who it is. Don't I'm going to all my neighbors. No. I'm you like, <laughs> like you snitch on me, boy. Like, I, so on. this is connected. Is this? How does this work? There you go. Oh, while wow, he's out of the country, those yeah. two rings. He is in he's Australia. He's in Australia. <laughs> he thought you were lying. His name is Edan. I thought he was in Australia, Kansas. He's an, um, um, he's an American who's been living in Australia for kangaroo. By the way, sleep. it's, it's four, delicious. Tomorrow, I think already it's in midnight. Australia. It really is. Stand by. Yes. If you've ever eaten kangaroo, it's delicious. I got two oh, numbers absolutely. for him, so, but this one doesn't work. Lean meat, baby. It's one. Well, you may want to hang up, buddy. It's, it's one in the morning. I'm so patient. Seven times you're still waiting. Hang up. Different number. Let's see again. Oh my gosh, this guy let the phone ring seven times. <laughs> Adam, I'm this guy's like at the casino. It's like one more round. No, no, one more time. One more time. One, four. The guy's going through oh. enough already. He's out. He's out. Australia. Thoughts. What time is it? What's he telling you when you talk to him? Don't worry about it. Right now. Poor guy's getting arrested right now. <laughs> He's getting arrested <laughs> as we speak. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the next story. Jake Paul. Passes test split, test with uh, split decision victory over Tyrone Woodley. Did anybody see the fight here? No, of course. I watched you, it. Yeah. I watched it. Do you watch it? Yeah. What'd you think All about eight it? Rounds. Were you impressed with him? Uh, no. With no, Jake? No, I wasn't. You were not impressed with them? No, not Adam, at all. I what'd just... you think? I think. Uh, look, Tyrone Woodley's a is a beast. Yeah. Right? So I think Jake Paul is. Uh, <laughs> by the way, do you think that was fixed? Any no. of it? Yeah. Any no. of it? Any no. of it? Stop. Any of it? Any of it? No. David says yes. I think Stop. he's fighting guys that are. I mean, Tyron Woodley's maybe five eight. Jake Paul's a, not a small dude. No, we, he's you, not. we saw him. Yeah, when we were At leaving the party, the party that yeah. one night, yeah, he's six right. one, legit, yeah. strong guy. His, I mean, his brother's an absolute beast. Uh, Logan, Monstrous. can we admit that but, the matchups that we're seeing? Yeah, aren't he's like. I mean, exactly. I, when he fights like, a real boxer, I think he's going to get his ass whooped. But for Jake, now, but Pat, you brought up a good point. Even though I didn't watch it, he's in shape. Got one eight able, rounds. He's able to move, man. Yeah, and the th- that, that's no joke. Like if you've ever like put gloves on, hardest period, thing, hardest it, thing. It is tough. Here's hardest the thing. thing. Here's my perspective on why it was fixed. Tell us. First, they didn't beat each other up, really. Yeah. So the whole thing was, all right, we'll did go not eight throw. rounds. 
I'll prove that I can box an entire eight rounds, and then I'll move up. Because if Jake Paul loses, then the well, let me ask there you. There was question. one part uh, that was sus where Woodley rocked them, had him up yeah. literally on the ropes. But here's a question: and he didn't though. finish him off. And David, he's a pro fighter. question for you: Have you seen Woodley's last five fights? No, I've not. No. Have you seen how Woodley fights? I know he's a striker, but no. Have you no, ever he's not seen? A he's a have you seen Dana no. White's biggest frustration with Woodley? He's, he's passive. A, yeah, he's not he's aggressive. Passive, he's he? passive. So Ty, Dana White said this guy could be the face of UFC. Okay, but he's passive. He doesn't fight. He plays like point game. That's how he wins fights. That's not how you sell out a crowd. So nobody wants to see the the guy be like this. So he typically fights like that. That is his strategy. That's how he's fought. But to me. I've never uh, said anything positive about Jake Paul's uh, uh, boxing, uh, 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 you know, abilities. It's always the fact that these guys are great at getting attention. They're fantastic at what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I was impressed the fact that this guy could hang for eight rounds. Are you kidding me? For a 190-pound guy, 6'1", to be able to last eight rounds? Jake, it was impressive. Jake Paul, LeBron James, Machine, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, all of the most annoying people in our zeitgeist. They're all centered in one place. Cleveland, Ohio, the mistake by the Malik. That's the, that's did a the, great show there last year. There was multiple people on the meet and greet line that had teeth whittled down to spikes. And face tattoos. How this we is, all doing? Uh, We're yeah. all white. Yeah. <laughs> this is it's come. We've come a long way from Drew Carey, Cleveland, Ohio. Boy, this is Ohio's. Are you a, saying like you're thinking about moving there? Is oh that, is man, that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, the, I get uh, a feeling he likes that city. It uh, it, it, it ca- the the actual uh, the the the, the, I, the bay I, catches on fire. I by the way, the do you know why is, it's called the mistake by the by the Malake, Cleveland? No. Because they spelt it wrong. There's an extra e that shouldn't be there. Cleveland. Uh, yeah. So anyway, right, there's a little there tasty tidbit. So there's the value here's for you, the Tanners. Question. How much longer are people just going to tune into this Jake Paul nonsense? Made so as, much long as, he as long as he wants. As long like, as he wins. But nobody's, th- nobody's watching to watch him win. People are watching to get his, watch his ass There is a out. community yeah. that's supporting but, this but guy. They're, oh, yeah. I'm sure they're supporting him. I would James. say 80% of the people Dude, are, like, want to see him get knocked out. Most of UFC wants to see him get knocked out. Yeah, most. And by the way, Woodley is the better fighter. Yeah. Woodley just didn't capitalize on the opportunity that he had. And secondly, yeah. if the referee would have done his job right, that's a knockdown. Yep. Yeah. He, he knocked him out there. Yep. So that's yeah. one knock. So that needed to be extra recorded, point. but they didn't do it. That's extra point. It would have been 10-8 round. Still wouldn't have made a difference. Two rounds. One of the things that he did right is an old uh, strategy from uh, Pernell Whitaker. Maybe, no, Sugar Ray. Sweet well, the P. Pernell Whitaker. The last 10 seconds, he knew how to score points. Yeah. Jake went and scored points the last 15, 20 mm-hmm. seconds. That's what he did. He was behind. He comes, da, 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 da. And that's the last thing Finished the, re- the referees, re- not the referees, the judges remember is the last. And, you what, know, But Woodley should have won the fight. Yeah, He's, what happened after, like, so I saw a clip. Tattoo. On, yeah, know, what's up with mess. that? He's the king of the fuck boys. Yeah. I mean, that's that's his whole appeal. And you no, know, Jake that's announced that's yesterday he retired. Oh, I know. Right. <laughs> USADA probably but came in. USADA no, knocked him. He was like, oh, yeah. oh, I'm retired. Is there any chance that Woodley gets <laughs> oh. his rematch? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I will not be nah, peeing at any so. cup. Is I it, am retired. Is there, is there any chance that Woodley gets a rematch? There was none of that. I mean, he did get the tattoo. If he got it, then yeah. No, I don't think I think he's not going to do it to piss him off. I don't think Jake's going to do the rematch. Because no. I don't think anybody cares to see those two fight. No, no, I agree. I, agree. I don't think it's going to move do on. No. I think they're going to move next? on to someone else. Uh, Fury, little brother Fury. Oh, Tommy? 
Yeah. Tommy Fury. 23 that's the years next, old? Uh, that's the uh, flirty. Yeah, fight. I hear everybody talking about that. Shit. But, I mean, uh-huh. the last name Fury, you do not want to box with a guy Hell with a last no. name Fury. Nah, they, they, have, they have issues. The, 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 the gypsy they, kid, the gypsy prince. The gypsy king. destroy you is what they so will Is that do. his brother, half-brother? What is that guy? Little brother. Brother? Yeah. Fury. Little bro. By the way, okay, Delta. Delta Airlines. You guys heard about what Delta did. If you're looking for a job, they're hiring. Delta Airlines announced that it's raising health insurance premiums for unvaccinated employees by $200 a month to cover higher COVID costs. So, so if, you don't, if you didn't take the vaccine, they're raising the $200. So Delta Airlines CEO Ed Bastain notified employees Wednesday that they will face a $200 monthly increases on their health insurance premiums starting November 1st if they are unvaccinated against COVID-19, citing steep costs to cover employees who are hospitalized with the virus. Unvaccinated employees will face other restrictions, including indoor masking effective immediately, Weekly COVID-19 tests starting September 12th. The measures are the latest attempt by U.S. corporations to drive up COVID vaccination rates. Delta stop <laughs> short of an outright mandate like their rival United Airlines established earlier this month. The average hospital stay for COVID-19 has cost Delta $50,000 per person. Bastain said in an employee memo, this surge surcharge will be necessary to address the financial risk the decision to not vaccinate is creating for our company. <laughs> yeah. This terrifies me as a fat guy. I got to tell you, the fact that they could turn around and say, oh, well, listen, man, you had a cheeseburger last week and your BMI, I don't know, it's higher health uh, risks here. I mean, this is insane. This is crazy. Can you imagine any other scenario where somebody was able to charge you more for being some shade of unhealthy? Can you imagine any scenario where you could restrict access to, to public goods and services because, well, you know, you're some shade of unhealthy. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know, man. Well, you are looking better these days. So Thank something you. tells me that your premiums are going to go down yeah. and fly American, yeah. and let's move on to the next. Well, the problem I see <laughs> is that we're never, we're, I've seen these topics and stuff, and where are we talking about health, health and wellness? Yeah. We just don't. Mm-hmm. None of this shit is on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. They're Preach, not saying they're, but they're, they're just not saying it. Can you imagine? They're not, a, they're not encouraging their employees to go to the gym. They're not encouraging. Hey, flight attendants, when you're when you check in real late with these hotels, make sure like they do have a uh, you know facility in there for you to do your cardio or something. Mm-hmm. Hey, we have some healthier eating options and yeah. stuff like that. Hey, we have. You know, some immune booster pills or whatever it is. They're not talking about this. But why is this it just is COVID, problem? Phil? Imagine being standing online for a club in Miami. Adam wants to get in, but they got a blockchain of everybody you've been with. And it's like, sorry, Adam, you were exposed to they HPV probably should. Last week. Well, they probably yeah. should do that. In, in some, you know, like, we're sorry. About, in South Beach, they probably should <laughs> have sorry, a club. Sorry, like sorry. You've been, you've been exposed yeah, but, uh, to uh, STDs. When you show up to a nice club with your Dennis Rodman jersey on, bro, they're like, I sorry, buddy. Two friends from Boston joined me back at the apartment. That is what happens. Not one, but two. So uh, anyway... But what I'm saying is that this. Come on, what? Where, what are we? One what really are we stop? What are we stopping, man? What are we stopping for, Kobe? What are we stopping here? How? What are you talking about, man? Like they're only talking about that. They're not talking about heart disease. They're not talking about, about everything this. else. Well, your your father your father had heart issues, right? Can you imagine that they're like, well, sorry, Patrick, we'd love to sell you this Ducati, but you have a history of heart disease in your family, and I think it can conk out at any second. Can't have you on the road going 110, buddy. So I'm gonna have to give you this uh, this uh, Vespa over here. I gotta give you this Vespa, Pat. Is that Okay, that's what you that's what you medically qualify Vespa, for. Bro? It's insanity. No, that's what you, how fast you went. Was that how one sixty seven? Or us? Yeah. No, we went one sixty five. Insane. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. we went one sixty five yeah. in a Bentley. It's crazy. At and a four four or five freeway. 
Insane. Which, right. by the way, I trust. Didn't even feel like. It. But this is why all this stuff is His bullshit. His car insurance premiums should be higher. I than the trust him driving one sixty right more than I than I trust some eighty five year old with Florida plates driving thirty five. Mm. Like this stuff doesn't work, bro. When I drive here on one in the morning, oh it, man, it could be fifteen minutes. It could be thirty five minutes, depending on who's last in the left lane. We're at Greenwich. We're walking in, and the guy comes up, and everyone's wearing a mask. And I said, listen, we are from Florida. We have no idea what's going on. What's the situation here with masks? He says, no, you know, you can wear it, but look, you guys are vaccinated. You're fine. He has no clue we're vaccinated. He says, look, you guys are here. I know you guys are vaccinated. You're fine. We're like, oh, okay, cool. Sounds good. So we were like, I didn't get so what you listened to the podcast. Remember that? That's good. good Very good. weird what happens. Like, yeah, yeah, just go in and go in. And we went to the other restaurant. The girl's like, uh, you don't have a mask on. Please put your masks on. I said, you're the first person I made us wear masks. Yeah, I don't like this stuff either. You should see what they're doing in New York. I said, yeah, I know. That's why we live in Florida, just so you know. I yeah. like, oh, okay. And then we went and had our breakfast with Isaiah Thomas and Tom Thibodeau sitting right next to us. Nice. Which anyway, Isaiah, though? The, the only the uh, Michael Jordan's best friend, Isaiah yeah. Thomas. The, the OG? Uh, the OG. My hero? Oh, I forgot. This is Yeah, that's what? Isaiah Thomas. That's his hero. Are you kidding me? Yeah. How far was he sitting? Like, And this is a Sam. I tell Sam, I'm like, this guy is sitting next to us. His name is Isaiah Thomas. Sam goes like this. I'm like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> don't be He's weird. like looking at him for like two minutes. I'm like, what is the matter He's with like, you, don't be Sam? weird, don't be weird, don't <laughs> be weird, don't be weird. Don't be weird. Up to little, no. little did Pat know Man, Isaiah a, Thomas is I went to the Isaiah most popular point in I, said, I said to him, I said, so. by the way, I loved you in last night. What? <laughs> <laughs> I would have geeked out if I saw this. I loved you in the last dance. <laughs> anyway, before we go, yo, we got a big week this week. Yes, we you do. You want to set us up for that? Vault. We got the vault here. Cannot wait to see everybody. We're going to have a, a, a packed house here. Uh, it starts tomorrow night with the CEO mm-hmm. session. Obviously, we're going to have Billy Bean there. We're going to have Dustin mm-hmm. Poitier, which is he's a number one guy right now. We'll That's have, what I hear. Can I see uh, this? Gary Kasparov. We'll have... Um, who else am I missing out? Okay, who, am I missing somebody else? Billy Bean. Billy Bean. No, Phil Heath. We'll have their end <laughs> on top of that, outside of Phil Heath. No, I mean, first thing <laughs> nah, I saw was Phil else, Heath. Yeah, 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 yeah. How about this guy right here? And, <laughs> and, and, is this guy going to be there at all? The I don't way, know. Maybe take a picture of that guy. minute confirmation, Greg Shear from Oak Tree Capital oh. Management, managing director will be there. I'll be interviewing him. Wow. He's uh, Oak Tree Capital Management has $155 billion of assets under management. Yeah. We're going to talk about how to raise money. Cannot wait to see everybody here in Miami. You're going to see the entire camp here at the Diplomat. And then we're doing an after party at the house with a, a select few people. Let's go. By the way, we were thinking about having this, uh, this, uh, this, you know, the ball with the girl that was going to be dancing in it. <laughs> Very provocative. And I'm mm-hmm. like, listen, are we doing that for in front of 100 people? It's kind of a little awkward. Dylan comes at that. What's that girl doing? I said, Dylan, go to sleep, buddy. <laughs> go to sleep. No, I like the way she dances. Let the boy watch. Let's go. Hey, before we go, I hope so the Biz Doc is listening. We're thinking there? of you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, man. Doc, man. We're thinking Shit. of the Biz Doc. Thinking about your brother. Biz Doc, of course, by the way, it, folks, if you're listening, since we talked about it, please pray for BizDoc. <laughs> please <laughs> pray, pray thoughts for prayers. thoughts and prayers. Not <laughs> the kind not Adam the talked yeah, about, no. but the legit type the legit of prayer shit. Don't, don't. for BizDoc. And uh, Kai did say there may be some masseuse at the after party. <laughs> so having said that, <laughs> have so. a wonderful week. We will do this again next week, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.